I'm not bashing anybody, okay? So just calm down, whoever you are. Who is that? Enough for the selfie. It's another sports show, for Christ's sakes. Another sports show. Jesus, God. That right out of the box is quit acting like crazy people, okay? How much would you pay for too a gallon late. of gas today? About 30, man. Yeah, I know it's way too late. I hope you told them that yesterday. Quit acting like crazy people. Although this morning, George was out there acting like a crazy person. Uh, I, I just need to get gas. to get to work. That's all. You know, I'm not, I'm not loading up work. jugs. It's good for you, man. Yeah, It'll build up your muscle. To. Get on a bicycle. Take the uh, Metro Mover. <laughs> <laughs> Take a cab and charge it to the company. Oh, brother. So my paycheck didn't show up on Friday. I don't want to go through a whole song and a dance about that because the audience is used to my whining about not getting paid on payday. But uh, the bottom line to that is I had put in a call. i, I got to tell this story right out of the box before I forget because this is one of the greatest anecdotes in the history of yeah, mankind. You're making it up. No, I'm not making it up. I, even, I'm not creative <laughs> enough to make this up. So I called Norma Kent, my erstwhile attorney, agent, uh, queen, whatever she is. Come to find out, he's not returning any... Uh, messages, and I find out by calling his house that he's on vacation in Vancouver, eh? So I had called his cell phone and left a couple of messages, and then I forgot about it, because I figured, well, screw him. One o'clock in the morning, I'm in bed, sound asleep, just sound asleep, and the phone rings. So don't you figure when the phone rings one or two in the morning, it's probably some kind of an emergency? Of course, that's what most right. people think. Right, that's what yeah. most rational people would think. So I jump out of bed, I, instead of running in there like I did a couple of years ago and smashing my head in the table in the dark... Uh, I walked very, uh, you know, butch-like into the living room, picked up the phone, and it was Norma returning my call. I said, don't you realize it's 1 o'clock in the morning? He said, oh, oh, no. He said, it's 10 o'clock at night here. He says, uh, I thought I'm in Canada and you're in Canada. We'd be on the same time. <laughs> and he was serious. I'm in Canada and you're in Canada, so I figured we'd be in this on the same time. What an idiot. What an imbecile. This is my agent and attorney, for those of you who wonder why I'm still uh, working my ass off on this radio station. Unbelievable. Just absolutely Unbelievable. unspeakable. And you really thought I made that up. I mean, that's, that's pretty, it, pretty hard surreal. to swallow. It is surreal. It's, it's beyond belief. Oh, that's what Norma said. It's hard to swallow, but he'll try. Just uh, So that's, that's what I got. Pop had Tom Hagen look what I got. Anyway, here's the 8 a.m. We'll have a new one this hour. Goody. Although the now MSNBC is obsessed... The FBI says polygamous fugitive Warren Jeffs was arrested in Las Vegas, and we're supposed to be all whipped up into a frenzy about that. We got our own. We got to worry about Ernesto. We can't worry about Warren Jeffs, okay? We got to worry about Ernesto and the DNA didn't match and uh, all of these, uh, these kinds of things. We can't be worried about uh, some polygamous pervert lunatic that wants to uh, rape young girls. Now that, that's what that's all about. Sure. 
And, of course, it's very big out there in Utah where all the oh, moron, yeah. um, uh, the religionists are. And that, there's, a really, uh, there's not that much of it anywhere else, is it, in the U.S.? The whole Mormonism and the polygamy thing? No, yeah. Pretty much a Utah thing. It's a Utah thing. And, of course, Orrin Hatch is from Utah, so keep that in mind. Just, just something for the back of your mind. Anyway, we'll have a new advisory on Ernesto at uh, 11, so probably around 1045, if George reminds me, and I'll whip it out of there. At 8 o'clock this morning, Ernesto moving over water just to the north of Cuba, expected to strengthen. It might, and then again, it might not. A tropical storm warning and a hurricane watch now in effect from New Smyrna Beach southward on the east coast, including Lake Okeechobee, from Bonita Beach southward on the west coast, and for all of the Florida Keys from Ocean Reef to the Dry Tortugas. A hurricane warning may be required for portions of South Florida and the Florida Keys later this morning. A tropical storm watch remains in effect from north of Bonita Beach northward to Englewood on the Florida west coast. A tropical storm warning and hurricane watch are still in effect for Andros Island, the Berry Islands, the Bimini's and Grand Bahamut Island, and the northwestern Bahamas. A tropical storm warning remains in effect for Ragged Island and Great Exuma in the central Bahamas. At 8 o'clock this morning, the center of Ernesto is, and again, it's still a tropical storm, uh, 45-mile-an-hour winds right now, but expected to increase. was located near, and that's not the big thing anyway right now. It's going to be lots and lots of rain. Mm-hmm. Center was located near latitude 22.8 north, longitude 79.3 west, or about 200 miles southeast of Key West and about 215 miles south-southeast of Miami. Oh, my God. Ernesto is moving toward the northwest at near 14 miles an hour, and this general motion is expected to continue for the next 24 hours. Now, that, see, I don't understand that. Because if it continues moving toward the northwest and it doesn't make right. that northern turn that they've been predicting, I, I, well, and I'll just read it. Yeah, what do you know? On the forecast track, the center of Ernesto will be near the Florida Keys or southeast Florida by this evening. However, squally rain bands will be moving onshore in these areas during this afternoon. So if I were you, I'd get out there like a crazy person right now. The roads are very clear, says the Herald website. Not a lot of traffic. Yeah, except the so road I go out there like a crazy person trying to get gas. And do not, do not take a whole bunch of cans. This is what people are doing. Yeah. This is one of the reasons that there's so many shortages. Yeah. The media got everybody whipped up into a frenzy. And so, as a result, people not only filling up their tank, topping off their tanks, doing all of these things, but they're also taking, like, all these jugs and, uh, you know, all these big uh, containers and uh, getting extra gas. Well, stop and figure it out, okay? If each person gets, like, an extra five-gallon can or whatever yeah. they're, you know. Yeah, a five-gallon can. You should have seen the backs of the pickup trucks standing in the line this morning. They're getting 100 gallons each. <laughs> I'm serious. they got the backs of trucks full with, like, 25-gallon cans. Well, it's a good thing that uh, the president got the gas price real low for us anyway. Reports from an Air Force reconnaissance aircraft indicate that the maximum sustained winds remain near 45 miles an hour with higher gusts. Some strengthening is forecast during the next 24 hours. Tropical storm force winds extend outward up to 85 miles from the center. The minimum central pressure reported by the reconnaissance plane was uh, 29.74 inches. Rainfall amounts of 3 to 6 inches with isolated amounts of up to 10 inches expected over eastern Cuba. Rainfall amounts of 2 to 4 inches with isolated amounts of up to 6 inches expected over central Cuba. These rains should or could cause life-threatening flash floods and mudslides. Oh, maybe Fidel will get caught in a mudslide, you think? <laughs> Couldn't get him with that poison pen. Is that a drink? Rainfall amounts of 1 to 2 inches with possible isolated amounts of 3 to 6 inches possible over the Bahamas, which we don't care about any of them with all due respect. Rainfall totals of 5 to 10 inches possible over portions of eastern and southern Florida and the Keys through Wednesday through tomorrow with isolated amounts of uh, up to uh, 15 inches possible over southeastern Florida. 15 inches. Do you have any idea how much rain that is? I don't know. A little? And in the main, isn't that interesting? This this is the anniversary of Katrina, and they're all hocking about Katrina and Bush is there doing his photo opportunity, and uh, isn't that something, huh? 
The Lord works yeah. in really mysterious ways. Surface. Coastal storm surge flooding of one to three feet above normal tide levels can be expected in areas of onshore flow within the warning area. Let's see, the next advisory, 11 o'clock this morning. So it'll, it'll be out around 1045, and George will say, hey, guess what? Go get that, uh, get that thing. Now, uh, here's the will. evidence that we... Should I give the poll result from your poll yesterday? Because I got all this other stuff. All these people in Iraq dying. And then, of course, the DNA didn't match. What? See, he even gets upstaged by uh, hurricanes and stuff. Isn't that a shame? Although, I think he got more than his 15 minutes of fame, wouldn't you say? He drank champagne! 810 votes on George's poll yesterday. What stresses you out the most? The administration, 219. The Bush crowd, the fascists, the neo-Nazis, the neo-cons. Sick and injured child, 108. Now, is that like your sick or injured child? Or sick like... and or injured, uh, you know, if you're having problems of that nature. Oh. Driving in South Florida, 103. Roads are nice and clear today, says the Herald. Don't blame us if uh, they're not. Psycho spouse or partner. I wonder why George put that on there. 99. No, no reason in particular. Hurricanes, 83. Hurricanes. All of this stuff like it's going on right now. Not working, 69. Work, 55. Power outage. How about not getting your paycheck on payday? That's about the only thing that really stresses me out, not getting paid on payday. It just really frosts my fat old ass. It's only happened about 20, 30 times at QAM. Power outages, 42. Car trouble, 19. How about running out of gas? Yeah. Pregnant wife, 7, especially when you weren't expecting it, and wondering where or when the next terrorist attack will be. Only six. Solamente yeah. seis. Not too many. Sure. In spite of uh, the fact they're trying to whip everybody up into a friend. They might just have to pull one off between now and November to, you know, get you, to remind you folks. Oh, they would never do such a thing. About what a great job the Republicans are doing protecting us all from those evildoers. There's nothing worse than drinking evildoers. Gas stations time. called out the police yesterday to manage a run on the pumps with lines of cars blocking traffic and fuel trucks unable to outrace demand. And I'm sure that the local media once again are doing all their best to get everybody whipped up into a state of frenzy and to make sure they go out there and act like crazy people. That's the way to do it. <laughs> to do it. <laughs> people are panicking, said Max Alvarez, whose Sunshine Gasoline Distributor supplies 200 gas stations between Miami and West Palm. We're going to run out of product. That's what George's dealer told him, too. We're going to run out of product. A long time ago. The frenzy we called the aftermath of Hurricane Wilma when the October storm idled hundreds of fuel stations across South Florida for nearly a week and created gas lines that stretched for blocks, as you'll recall. Gee, I wasn't there then, and I'm not there now. Another good reason not to be there. Although I'm, I'm noticing that this thing, uh, the, the track, yeah. the supposed forecast track, after it blows through the uh, alley and right on up Florida, uh, they got it going off, off, just off the coast of Charleston, straight up the middle, like right through Pittsburgh and right across Lake Ontario. So maybe, I can, maybe it'll finally come up. I can say, hi, Ernesto. Some of the chaos at that time during Wilma stemmed from the region's main fuel depot, Port Everglades, losing power. While Ernesto, the forecast to be a much weaker storm and more generators are in place at the port as well as the gas stations, industry executives are predicting a quicker recovery this time, thanks God. We now have generators standing by just in case, said David McCollum, wasn't he on that show with, uh, what's his name, with Robert, uh, whatever his name was, David McCallum? What was that show? I don't know. With Robert Vaughn. Now, the hell you don't. To catch a thief. No. David McCallum, spokesman for Sitco, a supplier at the Everglades, he said, we're keeping extra product in the tanks. Well, who the hell wants to put Sitco gas in their car anyway? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll take anything at this point. You would use Sitco. You're not putting that in my Corvette. But motorists appear to be preparing for the worst yesterday. Lines at gas stations in Kendall, Coconut Grove, Pembroke Pines, and along the Florida Turnpike backed up into roadways and snarled traffic. Poor little George was schlepping all over town this morning looking for gas. Hour and 20 minutes sitting in a line. Couldn't find any for love or money. And when you got the big bucks that he's got and you still can't get gas, you know you got real problems. 
At a Pinecrest at Go, police officers directed traffic and coned off the right lane of the highway for the growing line of cars. Man from Uncle. That's the one. Robert Vaughn and David McCallum. Do you remember David McCallum, blonde, British, no. uh, twerpy guy? Never saw, never watched that show. I can't. I saw it, but I never watched it. Loads of gas that normally lasts a day were being pumped out in a matter of hours. I passed one of my stations, and there were 200 cars there, said Hewell Howell, general manager of Dion Oil and Homestead, with the insane lines you just can't keep up. Like I said, I'd go out there first thing before anything else today and act like a crazy person. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, Hugh back, Alex Bennett, for gosh sake. Do yourself a favor, will you, pal? Oh! Uh, sir, do you have any liquids? I'm not telling. Oh, you must be jealous. Oh, does that make me a felon? Hey, no need for yelling. Let me get my supervisor, Ellen. Sir, are you jelling? Oh, your question is compelling. Let's see what the dogs are smelling. <laughs> you are so jelling. Oh, you caught me, you infidelins. Let's go. In Gitmo, you'll be dwelling. <laughs> that was great. Isn't that great? <laughs> 1018 at 560 WQAM, man. We're gelling and you're smelling. I'm telling you that right now. We got Mad Dog, and that's right. We got the new lineup. It's my first day oh. back on the air with a new lineup. Now, why was Kenny Walker saying he was going to rip their ass? What's that all about? I think uh, he wants that. I don't know. I'm not. Look, first of all, I have listened very little. It's not fair to make an assessment of any show in like one or two days. They've only been on two days now. Now, I will say this, that Josh Cordes did report this morning that Bo Camper won't shut up, and it's basically the Kim Bo Camper show. Didn't you say that? Uh, say I said that I hear Bo Camper a lot, yeah. Yeah, too much. See, I like to you the better other way around. Up. Yeah, I'd rather hear Kenny Walker about 95% of the time, and then Bo Camper, like, maybe once every couple of hours. Like, once between 7 and 10. But nevertheless, I'm not going to, how can you make any judgment? I've only listened for maybe a total of three or four minutes, so I'm not going to rip those guys. The only thing I will say, it's another sports show. <laughs> oh, my God. Go out and get some gas, by the way. Oh, they're, they're just obsessing about this uh, Warren Steed Jeffs, who's, who's on the FBI's top ten most wanted list. Here's another good change of subject deal. Isn't this great? Let's see. We went from uh, the war in Iraq, mm-hmm. which, of course, everything's just fine there now. i got some good stuff about dead people in a minute. We went from that to uh, the uh, Middle East, to Lesbanon and uh, the Israelis. And then we went to uh, David Mark Carr. And now that's kind of worn out because the DNA didn't match. So now we got uh, Warren Jeffs. And, of course, we got Ernesto, right? Right. What's not to like? Right. Just keep changing the subject. That's what it's all about. Plus, we got the anniversary of Katrina, and everybody's there in New Orleans, and things aren't, like, much different than they were a year ago. And certainly no money for medical care or rebuilding the hospitals or taking care of people who are dying over there. But, hey, we got this uh, Warren Jeffs. The suspect, these are uh, suspected of arranging all this uh, polygamy stuff. Faces federal charge of unlawful flight to avoid pr- prosecution, and they arrested him near Vegas. See, vagrants go to two places, people who want to go and hide, Florida and Vegas. Right. All right? Sure. Two places, and just like all those terrorists, those uh, slime balls, those uh, scumballs. Okay, let's see what we got on the poll here. 834 votes on my poll for today. That's not too bad. We'll make 1,000 even on a day like today when everybody's running around like Chicken Little. That's what I would do. I would run around in circles. That, that's exactly what I was thinking, making that, that sound like that. Just all day, it'll keep you out of trouble, and then you don't need any gas to do that. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? Now, you know who I voted for, even though he's only fourth on the list? And this is what inspired me to do the poll. I am. If I have to hear about Tiger Woods ever again, oh. I, may, I may plots. I just can't take it. He plays golf, you know? 
And all of a sudden, when you're expecting at least, you're watching the news, you're watching something, maybe Comedy Central, whatever you're watching, and here's a clip of today's golf tournament, and there's Tiger, and he just made that exciting putt, and he's like, yeah, ah, ah, like that, you know, he's having a nervous breakdown. I mean, he doesn't need the money now. He's only got about a billion dollars, so it can't possibly be that. He's got that attractive blonde young wife, so, so it's got to be ego at this point, right? Often is. Which I don't deny him anything. Whatever he wants more, I just don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear his name. It's just silly crap, you know. It's one step away from people playing poker on TV. It's the World Series of Poker. It's celebrity poker. How about anonymous poker? People that we never heard of. People like off, schleppers off the street. At least they need a chance for the jackpot, right? Right. Let some crackpot win a jackpot instead of all these big celebrities playing poker. See, that, that's what I first thought. That was the sign of the end of the world when people watching other people playing cards on television. <laughs> but no, you know what it really was? What? Here in Boulder oh. County, he's been talking with John Markar every day, vigorously oh defending him. The word coming in, he's oh telling, telling reporters that John Markar just getting word now that there will be no hearing. Is that correct? See, the, the fact that she is on the air, the fact that, the fact that anybody would put her on the air is so uh, just outrageous and unacceptable. It's positively unbelievable. unbelievable. It's just, I can't even relate to it. She can't speak. You know, it's one thing we had Brokaw on here all those years, and Baba Wawa, and they both have speech defects, but this broad can't even speak. It's like her vocal cords have been singed. Sure. Like there's been a forest fire in her larynx She's or something. with turpentine. That, that's exactly it. With hydrogen peroxide, turpentine, and valvoline. Oh, in fact, she could probably use some Vaseline on her vocal cords. It, it, it's so aggravating. It's like fingernails on a blackboard. In fact, you know that bit we got, that eight sounds? I, I think we mm -hmm. found the ninth one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nine sounds that you hate. I can just hear that one coming with her voice on there. What a voice. Anyway, did I ever get to the poll? I don't think I did. No. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? By the way, the movie I recommended very highly to George and Josh, Four Brothers with uh, Marky, uh, Mark, right. Mark Wahlberg, and then a bunch of other people. Many of them, Marky Mark, and a bunch of guys pretty dark. But it's an excellent movie. It was on a cable last night. What? Well, it's about so four brothers who spitting. were adopted by a white lady in Detroit and two white kids and the two black guys. So it's Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's correct. And they come back later on to revenge her, their mother's, their adopted mother's killing and a lot of violence and a lot of bloodshed and shooting, car chase. It's good. you like it. The movie that I saw that was absolutely horrible, awful, ah, and George already warned you about this one, Good night and good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck is right. Good luck staying awake. And if you wasted time seeing that, good luck to the you. The good night part is accurate. Yeah. Good boy. Because you'll be in a coma and no right out. It's like listening to Kim Bocamp or put you into a coma. That bummed me out because it's an important, uh, you know, well, issue. Well, about the only good part, and of course I can say because I'm an old fart, so I lived through all of that stuff with the Army McCarthy hearings and there's Joe McCarthy and all his red baiting and all the other stuff and the Roy Cohn and his boyfriend, G. David Shine, which they barely even mentioned that. Just barely. But, and that's the problem, is they showed some uh, accurate uh, documentary footage, Joe McCarthy, and there were the McClellan hearings and Stuart Symington. Yeah, you know, and it was, and uh, uh, Joseph uh, Welch, I think, was the attorney's name. Have you no shame, Senator? Have you no, yeah. And that was great. The only problem is it was all out of context. So unless you lived through that or you're a student of that era, you have no idea what that part of it was all about. And the rest of it, in ponderous black and white, was as slow and ponderous and coma-inducing. Man, it, it was really bad. It was horrible. One of the worst movies I've ever yeah, Luckily, it was, it was right there on the cable. So, huh? That's a crying shame. What? But yeah. But yeah, but it was horrible. It sucks. Terminal. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? Tom Cruise, 219. Hey, Tommy! You fairy! 
Paris Hilton, 180. She's right on Tommy's ass. Terrell Owens, 120. Just got another uh, fine there. Didn't he get fined from the Cowboys? Terrell yes, he Owens? did. He's just a T.O. man. He's just a problem waiting to happen. Tiger Woods, 72. Can't stand the Tiger. Just enough with him already. I'm not big on people who are known by one name, you know? Madonna, Prince, Tiger. Who else? Yeah, Cher. 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 Michael Jordan. Michael. You know, I'm not big on that. I think it's crap. Tiger Woods, 72. Britney Spears, 50. Speaking of crap, boy, is she a cow. Speaking of cows, Oprah, 39. She's right on Britney's butt. Mel Gibson, 32. Star Jones, 31. Donald Trump, 29. Barry Bonds, 17. Madonna, 17. See about those one-name people? Mm-hmm. Uh, Madonna, 19 now. Barry Bonds, 17. Shaq has got ten. another yeah. one of those with a big head and one name. Oh, there's Ernesto. People, they need to prepare. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jessica Simpson, 9. Bono, 9. Whitney Houston's got six. Oh, and, of course, uh, Osama's probably one of them. Don't you love that? Osama's got That's a crush on Whitney hysterical, Houston. yeah. Yeah. George Clooney, five. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, four. Brad Pitt's got two. And Lance Bass, Lance Bass, Yay. has got Solamente Uno. I almost played the wrong cue there. The biggest names of this Plus, I'm not supposed to be playing that now anyway. Yeah, that, was just a, that was just a practice run. Huh? Well, I was just practicing before the live spot. <laughs> well, I'm so confused. You threw that at me right before the show today. And to give me a chance to take the old ones out of here. But I'll do that. I'll do that right at 2 o'clock. Or maybe I'll do it now while you do the rest of the show. George, by the way, is planning on taking off tomorrow for the storm. Yeah. yeah. I just thought I would mention I that. No, seriously. But they'll probably just simulcast. And then, of course, what no, will happen is... Clarence already came in and said, uh, it's you, meaning me. Oh. Well, you can swim there. You're, you can swim just downstream. That's you right. You can go out there and just got let, experience. The, let the current take you right down uh, 441. Hey, racing and poker fans, Pompano Park is back in action starting this Friday, September 1. Opening night, the first 1,000 fans to come to the track at 6 p.m. will get a coupon for a free Pompano Park beach towel plus live music track side. Both Friday and Saturday this weekend, the action will be hot on the track with the $40,000 Florida Sunshine Stakes races. Saturday is family fun night with free drawings for $1,000 in betting vouchers and for the kids. Free mini golf, face painting, a bounce house, caricature artist, and those fabulous mini horses, too. You'll be bouncing on it. And best of all, both admission and parking are free, like always at Pompano Park. The track opens for live racing and poker every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Post time, 7.25 p.m., and the poker is open from noon until midnight. If you like your poker, simulcasting every day from noon till 1 in the morning. So make plans now to come out opening weekend. This weekend, Pompano Park Racing and Poker Block South Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road. For the current racing schedule, 954-972-2000 or online, it's pompanopark.com. The biggest names of best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Call me crazy. You're crazy? I'm, I'm not going to say it. 
Uh, but when I read that advisory, it didn't make any sense to me because if it continued toward the northwest uh, for the next 24 hours and it's moving at 14 miles an hour, do you follow what I'm saying? What are you saying? That's over 300 miles to the northwest before it would make a – that would put it in the Gulf. They've been predicting that it was going to jag north ever since it was over Haiti. Yeah, but it's not doing it. It ain't. That's currently bringing rain all There's the no way from the northeastern states, uh, even here in Secaucus, New Jersey, down through the central plains, and as far south as Texas. And look at that. The MSNBC map, it shows such important places as East Naples and Coral Springs and Miami, of course. Wouldn't you think if you had a map of uh, the southern tip of uh, Florida, you'd have Coral Springs and East Naples on there? There's no question. Those are now, important I'm, I'm going to leave this up to you. I'm gonna, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether I should – I don't want to say waste my time, but, I mean, there's 8 million closings and, you know – I would not waste my time with those particulars. Well, well, how do you know what particulars? You don't know what I got here. I've got like uh, got a pile of stuff nine pages of it. Look, this would take us into the uh, Jim Mandich show. The, oh, I never even gave the rest of the lineup yet. There you go. The news is uh, doing this 24/7 with the closings on all the crawls and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Now, now they're showing the line taking it right up over Niagara Falls and right into Toronto. All right. <laughs> Misery loves company, baby. Seaboard up near Washington and, and then straight north up through, say, uh, uh, upstate New York or Ohio there. Yeah, and right across to uh, Mississauga, it looks like to me. in real danger here Bitch. because once it gets over Florida, it could gain strength again. Is that, is that the case? Well, when it goes out over the ocean after it leaves Florida, it probably will gain some strength. And it may land as a Category 1. Uh, possibly even a Category 2. Oh, this goof off from the University of Miami, David Nolair. But I think also historically we see a lot of danger from these kinds of storms. You want to know how you know he's a goofball? How do you know he's a goofball? U of M. Say in the West Virginia or in the Pennsylvania mountains like your tra uh, the track shows, uh, there could be a lot of rain and uh, there's a long history of storms like this causing uh, substantial and severe... Yeah, see, this doesn't show it uh, starting to make that jag, jag, jag to the north till it gets over like uh, by Fort Myers and it's going to come blowing right through uh, Joyce's desk. Right through her... Rectum. Or just open her up wide, like the Grand Canyon. Wouldn't be the first time. Dade right. Public and Private Schools closed today and tomorrow. Broward Public and Private Schools. Broward! Closed today and tomorrow. If you want more information, contact the rumor hotline. I guess given that number, I would be good. Although, uh, this can't possibly be the right number. <laughs> you know, they do this all the time. This is Channel 7. It's got 754. Remember, we did this during Wilma, the same crap. How can there be a number 754? Is there such an area code? It's uh, got to be I, I don't know. They're adding them every day. Get out of here. There's a 754? Yes. There is? Yeah. Are you sure? Positive. Are you sure? Okay. Uh, to my knowledge, I, uh, I think most of them are cell phones. but I... Well, anyway, the rumor hotline, according to the Channel 7 website, 754-321-0321. Monroe County Schools closed today to the imminent threat of, and it says here, Hurricane Ernesto. It's not a hurricane, you idiots. It's not a freaking hurricane. It might become a hurricane. Again, it's a tropical storm, you idiots, you. Let's see. Day, Miami Country Day School closed today and tomorrow. You said don't do these, didn't you? Uh, whatever. Kills a good time. All classes at Temple Bat Yam in Fort Lauderdale canceled today. Oi! I'm not going to read all these school closings. Anybody stupid enough to be going to school on a day? The Hillel Community Day School will be closed today and tomorrow. The Temple Call Ami Emmanuel L. Day School is closed today. All this Jewish stuff. Uh, JM Learning Center is closed today and tomorrow. Okay, let's see. All classes, clinical activities, and events at the University of Miami canceled for today. No estudien in uh, U of M today. Of course, why is that any different from any other day? Manishtana halala hazeh, as they say in España. All classes and events also canceled for tomorrow. We'll have a decision about the status of medical school operations for Wednesday. will be made midday today. We'll have our thumb right on that. 
Miami-Dade, MDCC, students and staff should call the Miami-Dade hotline or visit the MDC uh, website. Well, the hotline is 305-237-7500 or www.mdc.edu, education, for latest update information on the college status. All FAU classes and normal business operations canceled today. A uh, decision regarding tomorrow's status will be made at 1230 this afternoon. FIU closed today and tomorrow. Carlos Abizu University and the Goodman Clinic for Psychological Services closed today and tomorrow. By the way, the DNA did not match. <laughs> well, i got to throw these things in there, uh, man. we got we got so many fish to fry for crying out loud. It's like a old, good old country uh, fish fry. The Everglades University Boca Campus closed today. Uh, there's too many of these, and if I leave some out, then they'll say I'm, you know. Broward Community College closed today. Tolls are suspended until further notice on the Homestead Extension of the Turnpike, including all toll plazas from Florida City up to the Three Lakes Toll Plaza in Osceola County. Tolls suspended southbound and northbound on the Sawgrass in East and West and Alligator Alley. So if you want to save some money, you can go out there and just keep driving around and waste all that gas. Uh, tolls lifted on the westbound Gratney. Bridges in Broward and Dade counties are in the lockdown position until further notice. I'm sure the bridge tender is not too happy about that. They're in the lockdown position. So all you boaters out there, if you, in other words, what they're trying to tell you, if you're stupid enough to get out there in your boat, you deserve to drown anyway. Right. You should be dying over there. Miami Parking Authority offices closed today and tomorrow. The South Florida Regional Transportation Authority has suspended tri-rail service till further notice. Lauderdale Lakes Community Bus Service continues to run till further notice. The Metro Rail and the Transit Bus System are running today, but on a reduced schedule. In other words, pretty much whenever they feel like it. Broward County Transit Buses picking up people in the coastal areas and mobile home parks beginning at 10 this morning, like 39 minutes ago. Don't let me forget to get that new advisory at 11 o'clock. I won't. Before then. Hey, yeah, don't forget. Miami International Airport remains fully operational when winds are sustained at 55 miles an hour. The uh, control tower will evacuate. And by the way, if anybody's on the wrong runway, probably somebody in the control tower should tell them, Hey, idiot, you're on the wrong runway. That's why the lights are out, uh, you morons. I, I, I still don't can't get over that. I mean, tragic. Yeah. And by the way, nice going on the opening of the Emmys uh, the other night. Oh, I missed it. Was it good? No, I didn't see it. No, but they're getting, they're getting roasted and toasted, and they had to issue an apology, NBC, for putting on the... The uh, plane crash scene there from uh, whatever that show is. Just not a good idea to be making fun of plane crashes on a day when you had a plane crash when 49 people died. When winds are sustained at 55 miles an hour, the control tower will evacuate, meaning no flights will be departing or landing. Call your individual airline for any flight changes. But anyway, Miami International is still open as of this moment. Uh, business continues as usual at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, which means if it's as usual, it's like chaos. Nothing will change unless there's a hurricane warning. Key West International Airport has not announced status for today's operations. Well, I, I wouldn't be flying around Key West today, would you? No. Especially on uh, Port Everglades is currently closed. Port of Miami is closed to inbound traffic. Uh, tomorrow's status, let's see. Oh, I see. It's still being determined what they're going to do. Post office has of now full operations planned for today because no matter with rain or sh- uh, snow or sleet, right? Yeah. Uh, I wish DHL would feel the same way. Of course, I heard that you had a monsoon on Friday, which you did not have. I know that. That was the excuse why my check didn't show up. Bastards. Garbage pickup in Dade. Normally scheduled pickup will continue throughout Dade County through about 1 o'clock today. Garbage pickup in Broward will continue until conditions deteriorate today. In other words, whenever they feel like it, they'll show up. If not, they're going home. They're going to yeah, drive they around. They already hit my house. So that's they got to go around and see if they can get some gas. Early voting in Dade and Broward has been suspended until further notice with permission from the governor. Well, I'm sure he's real happy about that because now they can work, uh, work over those votes pretty good. <laughs> they can give them the once-over and the twice-over. Federal courthouses in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, and Fort Pierce, not affected, will be open for business as usual. Let's see. 
Uh, well, you know, there's eight million of them on here, but I'm not going to read all these. Only the important ones, like the City of Oakland Park offices and facilities, will be closed today. That's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah, sure. City of Hollywood remains open for business today. George can go over there and get some gas. All Broward County courts and government offices closed today. Let's see. All this. Dania Highlight is open today. Let's hear it. Oh! Total Bank is closed today. I have no idea. Galleria Mall is closed today. Don't be going to the Galleria. The Jewish Federation of Broward is closed today. The Falls Mall remains open until a hurricane warning is issued. Pan Am Horizons Federal Credit Union closed today. And then, of course, parks. Who the hell's going to the park on a day like huh? when we got a hurricane or yeah. a, uh, this coming? And then we got the information about the sandbags, which, uh, based on what I'm hearing so far, I think we're all getting sandbags. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. Oh, God. Miss Williams, corporate didn't get those new samples. But I sent them three days ago. Well, did you send them by FedEx? Oh, no. I sent them by K-FedEx. Hey, this is Kevin Federline, but you can call me K-Fed. You know, there's actually people who think I won't become a big rap star. Haters. So I gotta have something to fall back on. After all, you can only sponge off the fat wipe for so long, right? That's why I've gone into the delivery business. Oh, hold on. Hello, K-FedEx. Do you want to track a package? Uh, is it like a box or something? When will it be delivered? When I get around to it. Whatever. Well, I'm going to get to deliver these packages, but first, a nap. So next time you need to ship something, use K-FedEx. Peace. K-FedEx, the absolutely positively kind of sort of, well, maybe if I have to, when I get around to it, it'll get there when it gets there, delivery company. Yeah, I think that's what they sent my check on uh, for Friday. Must have been. K-FedEx. Yo, yo. 1047 at 560 WQAM. So anyway, that lineup today, we got the Humper at uh, 4, or let's see, Mad Dog at 2, the Power Hour with Hank and Mad Dog 4 to 5, Hank Goldberg 5 to 7, we got Hurricane Hotline with Larry Coker at 7 o'clock, and then you got your Marlins on deck. What about those Marlins? Eight in a row. Am I right about that? Is it eight? You're right about that. They were playing great. They won eight in a row. They're only, what, two games out of the wild card now, I believe? That's right. And you thought they couldn't make it. I didn't say they were going to make it now. They got to play the Cardinals in St. Louis tonight. We got the pregame at 7:35, game time at 8:10, then Eddie K after the baseball game. I bet you the interest in the Marlins now is peaking. I saw those attendance figures for the Brewers games. It looked like they had at least uh, people in there, not too many. Well, who don't wants to see the Milwaukee Brewers anyway, right? Right. Suck. Okay, here's the uh, water and sandbag distribution points. Then I'll get off of this stuff. Okay, and then we'll have the 11 o'clock advisory. It's not on there yet, by the way. Maybe MSNBC. Now, they're still hocking with Katrina, okay? Katrina was last year, okay, sweetheart? It was last year. We don't care about Katrina. Obviously, the government doesn't, and neither does anybody else care about those poor schleppers down there. Oh, and now we're back to this guy again. I guess this story is so much more important than I thought it was, because they're all oh, over at, like, Stinkong Joyce. You were watching this uh, yesterday, weren't you? What? The news. When the DNA test came back. No, I'm not was... talking about that. I'm talking about Warren Stacey. Oh, that Jeff. guy. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you better get with it. You don't know your hysterical well, story I'm, du jour. I'm watching local hysterical news. Your hysterical uh, news du jour. Hey, look, there's lines around gas stations. Yeah. Oh, there's a line ringing. WQAM. It'll be a crank. Hello. Hey, Neil. How are you? Okay, sir. I'm down in South Florida, and I wish I was up there in uh, Canada. I don't blame you. It's, uh, people are just, uh, so stupid. I mean, I, I can't imagine what's going on here, and it's, it's not even a one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
Anyway, I just wanted to say You got hello, your Lord. gas? I just want to know if you got your gas, man. I got so much of everything. I'm all ready. But the, the thing that is, I just wanted to say I love the new lineup, and especially the uh, Hank and uh, Mad Dog together. That's always uh, very interesting, that those two bouncing off each other. The power hour when the two guys shower together. I love it. Yeah, and Mandage keeps saying the cross-dressing hour. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. And uh, one other thing, I got a great poll idea. Okay. Someday in 20 or 30 years when poor Uncle Neil, uh, you know, goes Sleeps take, the fishes, takes right. the dirt nap, who is going to inherit his huge estate? <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you around, eh? We're buying right? Okay. right? Wow. They already got a big chunk. Let's see, water and sandbag distribution points. Now, see, that was a good call. Now, don't press your luck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sweetwater. You want, the, in fact, water and sandbag, and I think they're also giving rubber rafts to the Sweetwater residents. Residents of the city of Sweetwater may pick up sand at Southwest 109th Avenue and 4th Street in Sweetwater. All residents must bring a current ID showing that they live in the city in order to receive sandbags. Homestead. Sandbags will be distributed to city residents only today from 7 o'clock in the morning till noon. So you've got an hour and nine minutes left at the following locations. Homestead Sports Complex slash Baseball Stadium and Roby George Park, 201 Southwest 11th Avenue. Who the hell is it? Roby Young Park? Roby. I, I didn't know he had a, a park. Businesses only can pick up sandbags at the lot behind Losner Park at 100 North Chrome Avenue. Proof of homestead residency will be required. And Oakland Park. Sandbags will be distributed at 5100 Northeast 12th Terrace in Oakland Park. The Sandbag Depot is open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Residents of Oakland Park limited to 20 bags per household while supplies last. We're sandbagging it. Well, there's my phone is ringing. That means probably that disc is downstairs. Yeah, I better go get it right away. The fugitive leader of a polygamous set has been arrested in southern Nevada, the FBI said today. Warren Steed Jeffs, 50, was taken into custody after he and two other people were pulled over late Monday by a Nevada Highway Patrol trooper on I-15 just north of Las Wages. FBI spokesman David Sterrett said. The leader of the fundamentalist church... Oh, maybe that's Norma calling from uh, Vancouver, seeing if it's uh, 7 in the morning. Can you believe that line? If I'm in Canada and you're in Canada, you know, it must be the I same time. I know you time, wouldn't make it up, but if somebody no, else make had told up. me, I, I couldn't would, believe I it when I heard it. That's like somebody in L.A. calling somebody in New York at uh, midnight, where it's three o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, and saying, "Oh well, I'm in the U.S. and you're in the East uh, U.S." I thought we'd be on the same time. In other words, moron, as somebody would say. M-O-R-O-N. Warren Steed Jeffs, the leader of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, another bunch of Getskis, was wanted in Utah and Arizona on suspicion of sexual misconduct for allegedly arranging marriages between underage girls and older men. Oh, my God. Since May. Boy, I tell you, they ought to inter- I'm serious. They ought to introduce him to John and Mark Carr. Sure. Got a lot he could hook him up. He should have been a Mormon. He missed his calling. Since May, Jeffs has been on the FBI's most 10 most wanted list with a $100,000 reward offered for information leading to his capture. The other two people in the vehicle were identified as one of Warren Jeffs' wives, Naomi Jeffs, one of his wives. He, he's like uh, Osama, only he doesn't have the hots for uh, Whitney Houston. And a brother, <laughs> Isaac Steve Jeffs, both 32, Starrett said. They're being interviewed by the FBI in Las Vegas, not arrested. I don't know why this is such a big story, and they're just they're just hyperventilating about this. I yeah. guess because he was on the FBI most wanted list, huh? Whatever, it's a distraction. Just another distraction. I got this list of all these openings and closing. I'm, I'm yeah. all done. Speaking I'm, of I'm distractions. Not I'm not, well... You know, like museums. I mean, who the hell's going to go to a museum? If you're stupid enough to head out for the museum on a day when you got a damn possible hurricane coming, then you deserve to get stiffed and then just waste your gas, you know. My best advice is stay home and listen to us today or pretend you're listening to us. Right. Turn on the TV and watch them all hyperventilating, which I'm sure they're doing plenty of. Mm-hmm. 916 votes on the poll. It's not even 11 o'clock yet. Oh, you forgot to remind me to look up that thing. No, I didn't. 
When did you say it? Did he say it, Josh? I was going to say it right now because yeah, he did the break. Too late. Not time for the break yet. Hey, don't forget. We don't have the new one yet anyway. 11 o'clock advisory. No, here's the, uh, this is the old one. Let me just make sure. Oh, no, here's the new one. Got it. How do you like that? Is this exciting or what? You see, what? if I really, if I were of the right mind, I would say, well, you just stay home tomorrow because you don't have any gas. It's gonna, and, I, and I'll do the show from here because it's going to be, uh, you know, yeah. sunshine. It's not bad. But yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'll trade you. I offered to do that last time. Yeah. You remember? I, I do remember. Said, oh, no, and that would have been a lot bigger improvement because I got the internets. I got, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the cable. I got all the uh, access. And plus, I got electricity. And I got water and gas. Yeah. I'm not going to have gas. any of the above tomorrow. I got plenty of gas. We'll have lots of water, I'm sure. Okay, here's the 11 a.m. advisory on Ernesto. Ready? I'm ready. Outer rain bands of Ernesto near the Florida Keys and southeast Florida coast. Some strengthening is still expected. At 11 o'clock this morning, the tropical storm warning is extended northward along the U.S. east coast, north of New Smyrna Beach, Florida, to Altahama Sound, Georgia. Oh, that's near Aintree. Eh? At 11 o'clock this morning, the tropical storm watch has changed to a tropical storm warning for the Florida west coast from north of Bonita Beach, northward to Englewood. And a tropical storm watch is issued from north of Englewood to Tarpon Springs. Tropical storm warning and hurricane watch remain in effect from New Smyrna Beach southward on the east coast, including Lake Okeechobee, from Bonita Beach southward on the west coast, and for all the Florida Keys from Ocean Reef to the Dry Tortugas. At 11 o'clock this morning, they're not dry anymore, I guess. At 11 o'clock this morning, the government of the Bahamas discontinued the tropical storm warning for Ragged Island and Great Exuma in the central Bahamas. Every time I say Bahamas, I want to play that. Yaman. But they don't say that there, do they? I, I think they might. It's a Jamaican thing, though, but who knows? I know that. Bahamas. A tropical storm warning and hurricane watch remain in effect for Andros Island, the Berry Islands, the Bimini's and Grand Bahama Island, northwestern Bahamas. Uh, let's see. At 11 o'clock this morning, the center of tropical storm Ernesto was located near latitude 23.3 north, longitude 79.5 west, or about 170 miles east-southeast of Key West, and about 180 miles south-southeast of Miami. 180 miles south-southeast of Miami. Oh, my God. Ernesto is moving toward the northwest near 13 miles an hour. Are you following that? No. And, and listen, and the general motion is expected to continue today and tonight toward the northwest. Uh-huh. On this track, the center will be nearing the Florida Keys and extreme south Florida, uh, southern Florida tonight. However, rains and squalls will be arriving well in advance of the center. Maximum sustained winds are still near 45 miles an hour. Some strengthening expected before the center reaches Florida. Higher uh, uh, gusts. Tropical storm force winds extend outward up to 85 miles uh, from the center. Estimated minimum central pressure is 1,005 millibars, 29.68 inches. Coastal storm surge flooding of 1 to 3 feet above normal tide levels can be expected in areas of onshore flow within the warning area. Rainfall totals of 5 to 10 inches possible near the track of Ernesto over southern Florida, including the Keys through Wednesday through tomorrow, with isolated amounts of up to 15 inches possible. Rainfall amounts of 2 to 4 inches, and isolated amounts up to 6 inches expected over eastern and central Cuba. Rainfall amounts of up to 1 to 2 inches with isolated amounts of 4 inches possible over the Bahamas. Isolated tornadoes possible over southern Florida, including the Keys this evening and tonight. And the next intermediate advisory at 2, so we'll have it like at about 1.40, before 2 o'clock, before the uh, Mad Dog Show. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Can't afford the high price of gas? Then refinance your car now with DriveTech.com. 
The price of gas was breaking me, so I logged on to drivetech.com and found out how I can get a second, third, or even fourth loan on my car. With drivetech.com, you can get the gas you need today and pay for it tomorrow. Drivetech.com lets me buy gas so I can take the kids to school. Of course, now I pay $1,200 a month for my 98 Hyundai, but it's worth it. With drivetech.com, you can borrow up to 125% of the value of your car. All we ask is that you make your payments on time. Hey, stop! That's my car! I just put the check in the mail! Hey! Drivecheck.com. It's not like you have another choice. Thanks for the full tank of gas, sucker! Ugh, lost another car to drive tech. It's 1102 at 560 WQM. We have 942 votes on the poll. Aren't you excited about that? Thrilled as you uh, can They're imagine. They're taking time out from their busy schedule and from their driving around looking for gas, wasting all the gas that they already got. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? Tom Cruise, 246. Hey, Tommy. Gay. Get lost. Oh, he's got that new deal now with, uh, who, who was it? Somebody. The, the company or the, uh, the KD? I don't know and I don't care. I'm tired of him. Paris Hilton, 199. Terrell Owens, 129. Another fine, Terrell. Oh, we're fine. Tiger Woods, 78. No mo, please. No mas. Britney Spears, 57. Oprah, 43. Mel Gibson, 35. Donald Trump, 34. Star Jones, 33. Madonna, 20. Barry Bonds, 18. By the way, do you notice on Friday they had seven different episodes with planes that had to uh, be diverted in emergency? And there's a new movie coming out called Flakes on a Plane. <laughs> Crazy people on planes. Yeah, not not yeah. a single one of them had anything to do with terrorism. How about the the student who had the uh, half a stick of dynamite that he brought home as a uh, souvenir from Mexico? Only half a stick? Yeah, one idiot. Where was the rest of it? Star Jones thirty three, Madonna twenty, Barry Bonds eighteen, Shaq has got eleven, <laughs> Bono eleven, Jessica Simpson nine, Whitney Houston six, Jennifer Aniston six, George Clooney five, Brad Pitt three, and Lance Bass gay. Solamente uno. Well, maybe they want to hear more about Lance Bass. They're still hawking about this Wayne Jeffs guy. Family has... Oh, my God. Ba, 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 ba. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I heard of him somewhere along the line, but I, I don't think so. Anyway, let's get into the meat of the matter, okay? Into our regular agenda here. we only got three hours to go until Mad Dog. All right. Two o'clock. Then we got that big expensive power hour. That's probably why they couldn't uh, get my paycheck there on time on Friday, where they dilly-dallied and made sure it didn't show up until Saturday. Same old Beasley trick, man. Buying time. Buying time. That's why you see Miguel out there in the street corner. Right in the pouring rain, he's going to be on the street corner with like a tin cup and a hat. Collecting. See if we can pay for the power hour. The most expensive hour in South Florida sports talk. Iraqi police found 11 bodies near a school in southwestern Baghdad's Al-Tura neighborhood this morning. The men were blindfolded, had their hands tied behind their backs, and showed signs of torture. Other than that, they were okay, but they're still dead. And... Violence in Iraq left nearly 50 people dead yesterday in a suicide car bombing and clashes between Shiite militia and Iraqi security forces. A brutal contradiction to the Prime Minister's claim that the bloodshed was decreasing. Oh, it's in its waning days. Yeah, that's, what it's going to be doing. Blood. that's what it's going to be doing the next two or three days. going to be waning a lot. The deaths followed a day of bombings and shootings on Sunday when more than 60 people were killed across the country from the northern city of Kirkuk to the capital of Baghdad down to the south in Basra. The dead included eight American soldiers, one of the deadliest weekends for the U.S. military in recent months. Well over 2,600. I don't think the, art, the number is in this article, but it's well over 2,600 now. And marching well toward the 3,000 mark. Not that anybody seems to care. Here it is. It now just says more than 2,600 U.S. military personnel have died, but they just can't even count no more. They can't get the number. The renewed violence undercut Prime Minister Maliki's claim that government forces were prevailing over insurgents and sectarian extremists. Right, you should live so long. Also... A suicide bomber on a minibus near the Palestine Hotel in central Baghdad killed eight civilians of Wood 18 there. 
just just mention these things in passing because everything is going. Oh, we're fine. So, well, so let's change the subject, okay? Let's get off of Iraq. Let's get to the uh, who killed John Bonet again, huh? Let's get to the polygamous leader that was nabbed by the FBI. We're doing a heck of a job. Let's get to a year after Katrina when things are going so swimmingly well. <laughs> was that like a little play on words? They're going swimmingly well. Mm, cute. It's a tragedy, man. It's a dis- it's a disgrace. And then they're interviewing such experts as Brownie Brown again. Well, uh, you know, if we haven't learned our lesson, yeah, right. Yeah, let's put his ass on her again, that Arabian horse's ass, Brownie Brown. Hard to believe. Well, I guess if there's anybody who's been, maybe, maybe they're out driving around looking for gas. They didn't get the bulletin yesterday afternoon. Prosecutors abandoned their case after millions and millions of words have been written and breathless hysterical shows and on and on and on. Prosecutors abandoned their case against school teacher John Mark Carr yesterday saying that DNA tests failed to link Carr to the slaying of child beauty contestant John Bonet Ramsey, who, by the way, is still dead. Carr was briefly freed from jail, but quickly returned to await extradition to the Califo, uh, California, where he's waiting on five misdemeanor uh, child pornography counts. He's waiting, and he's wanted. District Attorney Mary Lacey revealed how the case against Carr was built and unraveled in a five-page motion asking a judge to drop the arrest warrant that brought Carr from Bangkok, Thailand. DNA test completed Saturday confirmed that Carr was not the source of the DNA found on the underwear of John Bonet Ramsey, disproving his claim that he was sexually involved with a child and killed her by accident. Carr's family also provided strong circumstantial evidence he was with him in Georgia at the time of the crime. The process in Georgia? Why does that say in Georgia? They were in Alabama, weren't they? I don't know. These the stories keep saying they were in Georgia and they were from Alabama, I do believe, with a banjo on their knee. The prosecutor's motion said no evidence has developed other than his own repeated missions to place Mr. Carr at the scene of the crime. Just, uh, you know, and people are saying, well, why did they bring him back? Better that they did bring him back because he's a known pedophile, and he was teaching a young girl's school over there in Thailand. He was ready to move in. The effects of as far north as New Jersey and all the way down into Texas, you can clearly see that boundary here, that boundary steering this system directly into flood watches from well north of Orlando, all the way down to south central Florida, West Palm Beach, Fort Pierce, Daytona, Miami, Springs, Miami's got 2.5 million people, and Miami could be dealing with some potent storm surge, three to five. Oh, now look at that. They're showing us, they're showing us uh, thing, the course moving to the northwest and it's going right toward key west but it's continuing to move to the northwest now if that's the case when ah aha then all of a sudden they jog it to the north as it gets over to about naples you got it got it it's they're jogging it but now it looks to me like uh, what they're showing there the cone is even farther away than it was before i think basically on this one they just don't know they're just uh, flabbergasted they haven't got a clue Standing in Jackson Square on September 15th, President Bush stated, This government will learn the lessons of Hurricane Katrina and promise to get the work done quickly. But on the eve of Katrina's one-year anniversary, the current state of New Orleans ain't good. Ain't good, folks. Less than half of the city's pre-storm population of 460,000 has returned, putting the population at roughly what it was in 1880. Nearly a third of the trash has yet to be picked up. 60% of homes still lack electricity. Oh, it sounds like Baghdad. 17% 17% of the buses are operational. Half the physicians have left. There's a shortage of 1,000 nurses. Six of the nine hospitals remain closed. 66% of public schools have reopened. A 40% hike in re- rental rates, disproportionately affecting black and low-income families. A 300% increase in the suicide rate. 84% of New Orleans residents rate the government's recovery efforts negatively, while 66% believe the recovery money has been mostly wasted. Other than that, everything is just... Oh, we're fine. ...hunky-dory, as Bob Schieffer would say. Now, when is that, when is the, what's her name, Katie Couric coming on there? Not that I'm going to watch it, but when is he supposed to get off of there already? You know, I'm, I'm not keeping track. Old fuddy-duddy. My God. He can't be a day over 100, can he? 
11 past 11 at QAM. Boy, I'm going to be glued, man. i got to hear that hour of power when the two guys take a shower together when they're going to cross-dressing. You think I'm going to be sitting here listening to that? No. No. Hey, Stogie's continues to be South Florida's top cigar shop with one of the broadest inventories containing an outstanding selection of over a 1,000 open boxes of cigars with all the top names that you know and love. Perdomo, Ashton VSG, Arturo Fuente, Padron, Monte Cristo, Romeo and Julieta, and lots more, including those special hard-to-find and obscure cigars that you won't just find in every cigar shop. Buy your premium cigars for the price of seconds and stick around a while, linger a while, and enjoy your smooth smoke at Stogie's Wine Lounge featuring Pierre Andre, a 100% Pinot Noir, and lots of other fine wines from all around the world. You'll find Stogie's at 11612 North Kendall Drive, just a half mile east of exit 20 off the turnpike, open every day, seven days a week for your smoking, dining, and dancing pleasure. Call today to reserve all your favorite cigars at Stogie's. Call 305-598-9820. 305-598-9820. And when you stop into the shop, say hi to Mary and the girls, Sandra and Heather, and they'll give you a free cigar just for stopping in and saying hi or whatever you want to say. That's Stogie's at 11612 North Kendall Drive in Kendall, 305-598-9820. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. Marlins fans, it's the 2006 QAM Mercedes-Benz Grand Slam inning contest. If a Marlins player hits a Grand Slam in the fifth inning, you could win a two-year lease of a Mercedes-Benz C230. For more information and to enter, log on to WQAM.com today. The 2006 Mercedes-Benz Grand Slam inning contest from Sports Radio 560 QAM. Spread them and say cheese. Welcome aboard the Potwa Mountain. At all times, please keep your hands inside the car and your heads inside your podcast. Enjoy the ride. Eleven fifteen at five sixty WQM. While many gas stations were closed this morning because they were out of fuel, the ones that were open had few lines. George. Oh yeah. A sign that much of the earlier fuel frenzy throughout South Florida has subsided. Did it? I think that's a crock. This is what the Herald said. The Herald doesn't lie. Yeah, this is by the Alabudahu. You don't think I drove around? The supply situation is fine. Jim Smith of the Florida Petroleum Marketers and Convenience Store Association said this morning, the panic situation is what is out of line. Based on what I've seen, there can't be anybody else who needs gas out there. George. Uh-huh. That's what the Jim Smith said. Okay. Fearful drivers, many of whom remembered the weight of uh, the few stations that had electricity after Wilma last year, crowded gas stations yesterday to fill up cars and portable containers to power generators. Sales in South Florida were about six times the normal rate yesterday, he said. Smith, who represents 5,300 gas stations and convenience store owners throughout the state, uh, said this year about 20% had portable generators should the electricity go out. It damn well better not. Port Everglades, where much of South Florida gets its fuel supply, closed to vessels yesterday evening, Smith said, but out of that truck so far, still able to go in and out of the port and fill up on fuel that already stored there. The state had 200 million gallons of fuel on Monday, equal to a 10-day supply. So what's not to like, George? Uh-huh. A Chevron owner in Kendall said drivers could speed up lines by pumping plus or premium gas. Well, what does that mean? On Monday, everyone was pumping regular. Oh, I see. Well, maybe they can't afford plus or premium gas. How do you like that, schmucko? I'll take anything. I'll take ultra premium. Which slowed right down the process 10 to 15 minutes per car. At Exxon and the Shell Station. With, I, I, see, I don't understand that. What, what different? Oh, in other words, they're all waiting for regular? <laughs> okay. Do you understand that? No. In other words, no matter what, what grade you're pumping, it doesn't take any longer, no matter what grade. You follow what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I, I don't understand that. 
An Exxon and Shell station within a mile of each other on North Federal Highway in Fort Lauderdale this morning each had yellow tape cordoning off the gas pumps, which Josh tells me that uh, that's what's going on at BP right up the street from the station there. Yes. Is that what's going on? Yes. And Josh uh, and George verified it. A familiar sign indicating there was no fuel to be had. But the headline says, some gas stations out of fuel, but open stations have few lines. And Jim Smith of the Florida Petroleum Marketers and Convenience Store Association said, there can't be anyone else out there who needs gas. You think he's maybe getting a little bit carried away? Maybe a little. A little over the top? And don't be uh, topping off your cars, you idiots, you morons. And don't be taking those 10 and 15 and 20-gallon uh, containers and, like, uh, steal up, hopping up more gas. Like some kind of a grubber tuchus, okay? There's some people, they want it all, man. All for me. You know what I'm saying? Do, 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 all do. for me. That's it. Greg Palast writes, hurricane expert threatened for pre-container warnings. you see about this poor guy, Dr. Van Heerden? No. Well, that's what I'm hearing. That's what you're hearing? Don't blame the lady. Katrina killed no one in New Orleans. In fact, Katrina missed the city completely going wide to the east, writes Greg Palast, who's a real ogean provocateur, if you ask me, a real troublemaker. It wasn't the hurricane that drowned, suffocated, dehydrated, and starved 1,500 people that week. The killing was done by a deadly duo, a failed emergency evacuation plan combined with faulty levees. Behind these twin figures lies a tale of cronyism, profiteering, and willful incompetence that takes us right to the steps of the White House. What a shock. This is the story you haven't been told, and the man who revealed it to me, Dr. Ivor Van Heerden, is putting his job on the line to tell it. Sounds like a Dutchman to me. Van Heerden. Doesn't that sound Dutch? That's what I'm hearing. Van Heerden isn't a typical whistleblower I usually deal with, writes Greg Palast. This is no minor player. He's deputy director of the Louisiana State University Hurricane Center. He's the top banana in his field. No one knew more about how to save New Orleans from a hurricane's devastation, and no one was a better target, a bigger target, an official and corporate campaign to bury the information. Here's what happened. Right after Katrina swamped the city, I called Washington to get a copy of the evacuation plan. Funny thing about the murderously failed plan for the evacuation of New Orleans, nobody can find it. That's right, it's missing. Maybe it got wet and sank in a flood. Whatever, nobody can find it. That's real bad. Here's the key thing about a successful emergency evacuation plan. You have to have copies of it, lots of copies, in firehouses and hospitals in the hands of every first responder. Secret evacuation plans don't work. I know I worked on the hurricane evacuation plan for Long Island, New York, an elaborate multi-volume dossier. Specifically, I'm talking about the plan that was written or supposed to have been written two years ago by a company called Innovative Emergency Management. Oh, isn't that what we got? <laughs> yeah. Word thing about IEM, their founder, Madhu Berawal, had no known experience in hurricane evacuations. She did, however, have a lot of experience in donating to Republicans. IEM and FEMA did begin a draft of a plan. The plan was that when a hurricane hit, everyone in the Crescent City would simply get the hell out of their, in their cars. Apparently, the IEM FEMA crew didn't know that 127,000 people in the city don't have cars. But Dr. Van Heerden knew that. It was his calculation. LSU knew that where these no-car people were, they mapped it and how to get them out. Dr. Van Heerden offered this life-saving info to FEMA. They wouldn't touch it. Then a state official told him to shut up, back off, or there'd be consequences for Van Heerden's position. This official now works for IEM. So I asked him what happened as a result of making no plans for those without wheels, a lot of them elderly and most of them poor. 1,500 of them drowned. That's the bottom line. The professor who had been talking to me in technicalities changed to a somber tone. They're still finding corpses, he said. Van Heerden is supposed to keep his mouth shut, but he won't. The deaths weigh on him. I wasn't going to listen to these sort of threats to let them shut me down, he said. Van Heerden had other disturbing news. The Hurricane Center's computer model showed the federal government had built the levees around the city a foot and a half too short. Like George, too short. Right. After Katrina, the Hurricane Center analyzed the flooding and found that had the levees had just that extra 18 inches, they would have been overtopped for only an hour and a half, not for four hours. In that case, the levees would have held and the city could have been saved. 
He had taken the warning about the levees all the way to George Bush's doorstep. I myself briefed senior officials, including somebody from the White House. He said the response, the university's trustees threatened his job. They didn't like what they were hearing. While in Baton Rouge, I dropped in on the headquarters of IEM, the evacuation contractors. The assistant to the CEO insisted they had a lot of experience with evacuation, but couldn't name a single city they'd planned for when they got the big easy contract, and still they couldn't produce the plan. An IEM press release in June 2004 boasted legendary expert James Lee Witt as a member of their team. That was impressive. It was also a lie. In fact, Witt had nothing to do with it. When I asked IEM point blank if Witt's name was used as a fraudulent hook to get the contract, their spokeswoman said weirdly, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> what a response. Back at LSU, Van Heerden astonished me with the most serious charge of all. While showing me huge maps of the flooding, he told me the White House had withheld the information that, in fact, the levees were about to burst, and by Tuesday at the dawn of the city, uh, at dawn, the city and more than a 1,000 people would drown. Van Heerden said FEMA knew on Monday at 11 o'clock that the levees had breached. They took video. By midnight on Monday, the White House knew, but none of us knew I was at the State Emergency Operations Center. Because the hurricane had missed the city that Monday night, evacuation effectively stopped, assuming the city had survived. It's been a full year now, and 73,000 New Orleans remain in FEMA trailers. Another 200,000, more than half the city's former residents, remain in temporary refuges. The city that came, the care forgot, that's their official slogan, lost a higher percentage of homes than Berlin lost in WW2. It would be more accurate to call it the city that Bush forgot. Should they come home, rebuild, is it safe? Team Bush assures them there's nothing to worry about. FEMA won't respond to Van Heerden's revelations. However, the Bush administration has hired a consulting firm to fix the failed evacuation plan. The contractor, a Baton Rouge company called Innovative Emergency Management, IEM. How do you like that? Well, look at that. They got Brownie on. Do you have any what? Republican friends? Brownie Brown. Well, I do. I've got quite a few Republican friends. Well, good. I hope you have a party with them, okay? And then we all drown. How's that, Brownie? See, what did I just tell you? What was I just screaming about, shrieking about, gushing about? Yeah, bring on the expert, Brownie Brown. He knows how to drown them with the best of them. I drowned thanks to Brownie Brown. I bet you a lot of people are saying that. Probably about 1,500. Could be a rap song. 900, and, uh, yeah, with those guys from that movie, Four Brothers. Good movie, like I said. Uh, check it out. 982 votes on the poll. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? I'll tell you one thing. I'm tired of Brownie Brown. Do that planning. Yeah, plan this. Tom Cruise, 254. Tommy. You fairy. How's the peeping, Tommy? Remember that scene? Yes, I do. 254. Boy, he's so good. Philip Seymour Hoffman. The name of that movie, by the way, was the, uh, oh, gee, uh, oh, gee, the gambling movie? Owning Mahoney. That's it. Yeah, I, I remember it the other day, and then I forgot. But luckily, yeah, I looked it up. Probably in the middle of the night, maybe one in the morning when somebody called yeah, me. Yeah, that's about, uh, I, I, when somebody called me at one in the morning on Friday night. Owning Mahoney. Nice going, Norma, you jackass, you simpleton. You fairy. Tom Cruise, 254. Paris Hilton, 205. Terrell Owens, 136. He used to be Terrell Owens, but now he's Terrell. Tiger Woods, 80, who's still the same as always. It just makes me sick. Britney Spears, 59. Oprah, 45. She makes me double sick. She makes me puke gigantic gobs and globs. Mel Gibson, 36. Donald Trump, 35. Star Jones, 33. Barry Bonds, 22. Madonna, 20. Bono, 13. Shaq has got 11. Cube. No, no, that's the wrong one. Uh, you notice how all those one-name people are Madonna, Bono, and Shaq all together there. Oprah, though, being the bitch that she is, she's got to be, like, way ahead of the pack. She's out in a league of her own. Jessica Simpson, 10. Whitney Houston, 7. Guarantee Osama voted seven times. Jennifer Aniston, 7. George Clooney, 5, who makes really crappy movies, by the way. Do not waste your time watching Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, you are so right. You know, Ponderous would be a compliment for that movie. Yeah, and that's tragic because, you know. 
Oh, yeah, a lot of people should have seen that. It's a compelling story, but the problem was the movie was just a lick and a yeah. smear. And like, How are you going to uh, muddle through that? And ponderous, really boring. George Clooney, five, a legend in his own mind. Brad Pitt, three, and Lance Bass, still solamente uno. And you probably want to know why? Why? Well, I mean, in this audience, how many people do you think know who Lance Bass is? Who? Exactly, my point. 26 past 11 at 5.60 QAM. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, my God. Excuse me, but I do believe that sucks ass. Pacific Air 121 seemed like a typical flight, but that was about to change. There's something rubbing against my leg. Kittens on a plane. It's so adorable. Samuel L. Jackson stars in the most anticipated movie of the summer, Kittens on a Plane. Enough is enough. I've had it with these mother... Oh, isn't he cute? Can I keep it? Can I please? Cat Fancy Magazine says if you see only one movie about kittens on a plane, see Kittens on a Plane. Who's got a little pink nose? You do, don't you? Yeah, you do. You really do. Oh, yeah, you are so cute. M. What the hell was that? M. Here in Boulder oh, there County, she is. who's been talking with John Marker every day. <laughs> I just can't go more than an hour without hearing that voice. Keeps me going. Anyway, going officials, I beg your pardon? Going where? And Josh will be very pleased since he was so psychotic about that movie, Snakes on a Plane, and con- trying to convince us that it did so great the first week, and it did 56, what was it, 15 million? Yeah, I just said it was the leading movie. But, but very, I told you, really weak number, man. And the second week, it went in the crapper. You couldn't find it with the uh, Tidy Bowl man. And Mr. Plummer couldn't find it. Just get way down in there with the Roto-Rooter guy, and you still can't find it. That's how deep in the toilet that movie is. And you want to know why? People don't, they get spooked by snakes. They don't like snakes. Beg your pardon? They don't like snakes. Oh. It's spooky, man, spooky. And as a result, who the hell in their right mind wants to go see a movie about snakes on a plane? Ah, gross. Officials gathering at the Broward Emergency Operations Center for a press briefing this morning announced several measures being taken because of approaching Ernesto, including the decision to keep Broward schools closed on Wednesday, tomorrow. Of course, they already decided that before, but they said, well, let's just stick with it, right? Right. Now, I could say something about the uh, radar. I could, I could look at it again here, but I better not. I better keep my trap shut, okay? Okay. Because they're the No, what do we know? They're the experts. That's right. We know nothing. We've only been through about a thousand of these, including as far back as Andrew, but we know nothing. So I'm just keeping my mouth shut. But I will, I will say this, and I won't say it. Also decided Fort Lauderdale Airport will close at 7 o'clock tonight. For Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport closes at 7 o'clock tonight. The last flight in or out around 6.30 p.m. The passenger security check lines will close at 6 p.m. And many airlines will shut down before then. You better call your airline and check it out. Decision will be made on when the airport reopens uh, after the worst of the storm passes. And speaking of the worst of the storm, I'm looking at it right now on the uh, NOAA radar, on the hurricane radar. And uh, I just, I mean, yeah, it's not that long before there's some yellows and uh, a little bit of red there, some the outer bands. That are coming, but the rest of it, the bulk, I mean, it's a very big storm, but the bulk of it, the nastiest heavy duty stuff, is uh, south. And if it continues going to the northwest, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say it. Don't say it. It's going I to the northwest. Prepare for the worst. 
Cargo and passenger ship service at Port Everglades was shut down immediately with the exception of ships and trucks handling petroleum, gas, and diesel. Josh has diesel, by the way. He wants you to know that. So he doesn't, he's not, he's not going to muscle you out for your uh, other gas. Yeah, I'm not waiting in lines like uh, the rest of you clowns. That is correct. Oh, hey. In fact, <laughs> yeah, siphon some of his diesel out and see how that works in your uh, van. Sure. Fuel trucks will continue to make deliveries as long as it's deemed safe. Cruise passengers are reminded to call their cruise lines for updated information. Uh, Broward Mayor Ben Graber said fuel trucks will continue to distribute gasoline to service stations throughout South Florida until the last possible moment today. And with that comment we had before from Jim Smith, nobody should not have gas. George, Graber said, <laughs> well, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. He's the expert, man. Uh-huh. I'm the pervert. He's the expert. Maybe that's just indeed. No. Graber said that since Hurricane Wilma, the county and gas companies install generators to ensure that fuel can be loaded onto trucks, even if the power's out at the rest of Port Everglades. This year, we can get the fuel out of the port onto the roads, Graber said. We have plenty of gasoline in those tanks, and nobody needs to worry, George. <laughs> That's what everybody is saying. If Ben Graber says it, Jim Smith oh, yeah. said it. Let's see. School superintendent Frank Tillen Broward said that the school's bus fleet of over 1,000 vehicles should be safe in the five lots across Broward. Well, not, who cares about that? Uh, during Hurricane Wilma, buses experienced very little damage. Of course, remember all those school buses that were, like, sitting there in New Orleans, and I was screaming and yelling and carrying on. Yeah. Like, Why aren't they using the school buses to evacuate all those poor bastards? And then, of course, the buses wound up being underwater Yeah. when it was too late. Broward County Transit will assist in the evacuation of mobile home parks at uh, right now, starting at 10 o'clock this morning. I mean, anybody's, I mean, even the worst of the trailer trash ain't going to hang around there unless they're crazy, Right. Right. In anticipation of tropical storm force winds, Broward County Transit expects to cease regular bus service at 3 this afternoon, depending on weather conditions. A lockdown of bridges began at 8 o'clock this morning. Broward County government, let's see, sorry, well, we know that. Early voting suspended until further notice while they can re, uh, rejigger your votes. What you call me? That, that's what the governor said. they got to, like, retool the uh, vote tally, and this gives them a golden opportunity to, like, uh, redo uh, it. Yeah, I'm looking at that radar. I better get off of that thing, okay? I don't want to. I don't want to keep looking at that because then I'm going to be inclined to make statements that are going to like get people like, "Oh, gee, 1,014 votes on the poll." Oh! How do you like that? Of course, we may have a captive audience today. I mean, well, who, what person other than you guys? What person in their right mind went to work today, right? Nobody that didn't have to, I'm sure. That is correct, unless you have like a major must kind of job, like you know, like a radio broadcaster, like you know, on like an important news station, like QAM. <laughs> Now, what's the deal? In other words, they're not going to let you stay home tomorrow? Is that what they said? That is what they said. Well, how do they know what's going to happen? They don't know what's going on. They don't on. care We don't, we don't know exactly where this thing is going to take a turn for the worst. If we're underwater, and so is my house, and all points in between, I still have to come into work. Well, you can use that same rubber raft that you came to America on. Good thing I saved it. Better put some air in it, huh? <laughs> you better inflate that baby. Right. Get a hold of Stu Goss. Maybe he can blow some of that hot air from his ego in there. By the way, the guy's across the street. Oh, man. Anyway, Saddam Hussein, this is cute. Saddam Hussein has been forced to watch South Park bigger, longer, and uncut, (laughs) according to the the film's creator, Matt Stone, co-creator. The former Iraqi leader is portrayed in the movie as a homosexual who's in a relationship with the devil, and Stone claims the prisoner is being forced to watch it repeatedly as he is held by U.S. Marines. I think they're doing a um, uh, clockwork orange thing on it. They got his eyes propped open. And they're dropping the eye drops in there, and he's watching a horror, watching uh, himself portrayed as a... You fairy! The South Park movie was banned on release in Iraq seven years ago. How do you like that? 
That's punishment worse uh, than anybody could come up with. Oh, there's uh, John Mark Carr, by the way, looking really like a uh, crazy person. Type of preference that he does. The challenge, let me respond to what Susan said. Oh, Boulder District Attorney to face tough questions at noon Eastern Daylight Time. And, of course, if it's noon in the East, doesn't that mean it's noon in the West? Norma, you idiot. <laughs> just, keep, just keep thinking that to yourself incredible. about that call, and I'm not making it up. I'm in Canada, and you're in Canada, so if it's right. 10 o'clock here, I thought it would be 10 o'clock there. Well, it's a skinny little country. from Vancouver you know, to like Toronto. Japan. An absolute simpleton, man. A real you fairy. queen. Goes to show you, man, smoking all that bad weed all those years. Plus, you can just imagine he was puffing up a storm there in Vancouver, huh? I imagine. What else would he have been there for? No question. No comment. I mean, Puffing on a big one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> thousand and twenty-three folks. Why do you use your own imagination? No, I don't want to. Biggest names of best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, hey, uh, thanks for helping me out with the uh, hurricane preparation. H. Uh, Galise. Did you go have another uh, snorsage? When did your power go out? Uh, about a week before the storm got here. Me too. Makes you wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really starting to flow now. Like your show. Now uh, hold the ladder. I'm coming down. What happens if I let go? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Speaking of that, guess who I don't see on the new schedule? Ow! <laughs> How do you like that? I don't know. I hadn't noticed. Looks to me like uh, Geldy's the missing link on the new schedule. Now, what I want you to do, you, yes, I want you to go Google Miami Radar, okay? All right. Oh, I forgot how slow that damn thing is there. Okay? The very top choice that comes up. Got it? Got it. NWS image. Click blah, it. Blah, blah, blah. Click it. Get that get that map on there. Get that loop going. You got the map. You got that peninsula. It's, uh, it's loading. Oh, get out of here. It's loading. It's drawing. By the way, somebody needs to put Dan Abrams in jail. I got this horrible new, what do they call it, lockup on MSNBC? Lockdown? Lockup after Scarborough. They ought to lock him up. I see that on there. I think to myself, lock up my ass. Okay, I'll get a big box. Yeah, get a big cell. All right, I, got, I don't have any movement yet, but I've got well, the... No, you uh, don't have any movement because you've got to click. You see, go down there where it says reflectivity. See that in the middle on the left? Reflectivity, can you just handle it? I'm looking. You're... I, this is pathetic. And click where it says loop, and it'll put in motion. It puts the motion in your casket if you don't get with this. Or, or alternately, you can go on... Huh, you got it? Is it moving? What are you doing? I'm clicking. Yeah, click this. It's looping. Okay. Now, you see what I'm saying about this? Because okay. I don't... Yeah. I know what you're saying that you don't want to say. Yeah. And I know the what you're thinking. If, it, if they're saying it's going to continue at a, going to the northwest for 24 hours, 
I mean, that precludes that northward jog that they were saying that it was going to go all of a sudden when it got to like uh, Naples or thereabouts, all of a sudden go turn to the east and it goes straight up the middle of the state. Isn't that what they've been saying? That's what they've been saying. Well, how the hell is that possible if it's going 13 miles an hour for the next 24 miles? That's over 300 miles. It puts it way out in the hell in the Gulf. But I'm not saying that. Just yeah, you didn't hear don't me say that. that. Right. But you do see what I'm saying, don't you? I do see. Now, you see the outer bands are been, coming. Since I've been following you, the, the track. Look at it real closely. You can even see the boys in the band. This happened once before last year when everything was when uh, a hurricane was going west, northwest, and they kept saying that it was going to go north, and it just uh, never didn't, did until it got to Mexico. Right. I mean, not that we I, want to say I'm anything not like saying that. that we know what the hell it's going to no, do. What the hell do we know? Not. But no, certainly, no, based no. on what these uh, NOAA hurricane advisories are saying, if it does what they're saying, then it ain't going to do what the uh, I don't know. Just, just like I said, get your gas, get your plywood, your visqueen, your generators, uh, all your supplies, right? Your duct tape, sure. lots of duct tape, lots of gas, lots and lots of gas. In fact, fill up all, every container you can find. Get all those little plastic jugs. Yeah, chlorine bleach bottles, all that. That's it. That's a good idea. Get your old Clorox bottle, fill it up with the gas. will dissolve it, and you'll probably then burn Then get a mask, put it yeah. in your mouth. Mm-hmm. President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad voiced defiance. <laughs> what? That's his name. I know. The Iranian president voiced defiance today as a deadline neared for Iran to halt work in the West fears as they step toward building nuclear bombs. And he challenged President Bush to a televised debate. <laughs> that is the all-time best. I don't, I don't crack out this laugh just for any story, but this one, I got to be honest with you. Where the hell is it? <laughs> In a news conference, Ahmadinejad condemned the U.S. and British role in the world since WW2, but made no direct mention of the international nuclear confrontation, or as your president would say, nuclear. I suggest holding a live TV debate with Mr. George W. Bush to talk about world affairs and the ways to solve those issues, he said. The U.N. Security Council has given Iran until Thursday to suspend uranium enrichment, a process which can produce fuel for reactors or explosive materials for warheads, and has threatened sanctions unless it does so. Washington has called for a swift response if Iran doesn't meet the deadline, but analysts say divisions at the U.N. about how to handle Iran's file could delay such a move. How do you like that? He challenges the Bush to do a debate. Well, Saddam did, too, remember? Can't you just... Yeah, in fact, this whole thing is shaping up just like that. Mm-hmm. We're giving them a deadline, and we're going to impose right. sanctions. And just look at all the good things that happened to all those Iraqi kids because of the uh, U.N. sanctions. Solved all their other, problems. Other lives were enriched, yeah. Speaking of things in really bad taste besides MSNBC, well, you talk about a guy with a puffed-up ego, that Dan Abrams. Oh, well, he's the general manager now, but he keeps making appearances on her because he has to share his expertise with us. You know, on John Carr and about uh, New Orleans. And whatever the subject is, man, he's the expert. NBC expand. Thank God I wasn't watching the Emmys, man. And you want to know why I don't watch the Emmys? Because it's pointless, boring, and it's a no. mutual admiration. Well, beside society, that, cause, uh, beside that, you don't know any of those people. Because I don't watch suck. any of those shows. Okay, I knew I'd hit it eventually. I know that must come as a shock to some of our hipper, younger uh, people in the audience, like Annie Labaster. There are no good shows that got nominated anyway. No, you could have put the period after shows. Yeah, but 24 got all those uh, awards. No, is that no, any good? I don't. I haven't watched it. See? I How think I've you, seen John? one episode of 24? It. It's supposed to be very popular. No, but I heard it's good. <laughs> oh, wow. NBC expressed regret Monday for an Emmy Awards comedy skit that included a mock plane crash and aired on the network the evening of the fatal Kentucky jetliner accident. You know, when they were on the wrong runway, the one that wasn't lit up, the one that was too right. short. Oops. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think we uh, screwed up. 
Our hearts and prayers go out to the many families who lost loved ones in a plane crash in Kentucky on Sunday and to the entire community that has suffered this terrible loss, NBC said in, said in the statement the day after the ceremony, which rang really hollow. You know, it went, it went over like a pregnant pole vaulter in the, at the equator. Not too good. In no way would we ever want to make light of this terrible tragedy, NBC said. The filmed opening during the Emmy telecast was meant to spoof some of TV's well -mo most well-known scenes. The timing was unfortunate. We regret any unintentional pain it may have caused. The pre-recorded skit was broadcast as part of the live Emmy ceremony just hours after that commuter jet taking off in Lexington, Kentucky, crashed into a field and burst into flames, killing 49. Criticism of the sequence appeared on websites Sunday night, including the L.A. Times, with a columnist for the newspaper calling it cringe-inducing and of questionable taste. The airing of the skit, a spoof on the ABC plane crash drama Lost, was condemned by the general manager of NBC's Lexington affiliate WLEX. It was a live telecast. We were completely helpless, Tim Gilbert was quoted as saying Sunday night on the Lexington Herald's leader's website. By the time we did react, it was uh, all over. At the station, we were as horrified as the people were at home. The segment which opened the Emmy started with host Conan O'Brien boarding a private plane to L.A. Asked by a stewardess if he was nervous about hosting the show, O'Brien answered, Nervous? What could possibly go wrong? The plane then pitched violently and a crash was implied but not shown. Instead, the skit cut to O'Brien stranded on an island resembling the one in Lost. I think that's the Big problem, deal. NBC. Maybe that's why they're sucking wind in the numbers there, because they're lost. Just like the guys across the street, they're lost. Wouldn't you say? What? Now, are you watching that the loop? Is I'm it watching doing it. the loop-de-loop? -loop? It's kind of hypnotic when you Yeah, you keep watching it. Yeah. It's like staring at that spin symbol. Like, on like the a lava portion. lamp, yeah. By the way, speaking of that, when the hell are the uh, slots coming to South Florida? <laughs> huh? Notice we don't hear any more about that since that Fred Grimm column. It was pretty grim news. And this Friday, you know what this Friday is going to be, don't you, on the calendar? What? Good Friday? First of September. Oh, yeah. El uno de septiembre, whatever that is. Yeah, then what? And then the second and the third. And you know the day that I'm coming back uh, full time, don't you? 9-11, baby. 9-11. The interesting part about that is not that it has anything to do with anything, but 9-11 was on a Tuesday, and I had come back from vacation on the day before a 9-10 in 2001 on Monday. Came back just in time. Remember that day? I'm sure you I do. I sure do. And Geldy's on here going, Ah, we got to talk about sports! What's he's got to do with sports? This is crashing the building. He's going to talk about sports. What are we going to say about it? That's one of the many reasons you won't hear him on here anytime soon. Ah, uh, you probably will. Just like that bitch reading Cro 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 Crosby. Took her, took her show off the air, but boy, now she's all over the place. She's like a freaking disease. She's Vigorously defending him. The word coming in, he's telling, telling reporters. <laughs> God oh. almighty. I mean, just squeaking and puking and just trying desperately to squeak out a few words and can't do it. Still can't do it. That's why MSNBC is sucking wind. Believe you me. Yeah, so we're looking at this thing, and there's that big blob, which I guess is the majority. That's the nastiest part of uh, this tropical storm right now. It's still a tropical storm, by the way. Highest sustained winds, 45 miles an hour. But it's over those really warm waters, you know. And you notice the way they keep saying that, because they're hoping like crazy. Oh, yeah. As the people, people are giving us that news. They're either in Atlanta or they're in New York or they're somewhere they'll be safe, like at Louis in the Bronx, you know. They're certainly not in Florida, like you poor bastards there, like I'm not. Although, wouldn't it be something if this thing whipped up like crazy and then came zooming up over western Pennsylvania and over those really warm waters of Lake Ontario? <laughs> and right there into, like, uh, Scarborough would be good. Just blow it off the map. Do us all a public service. The world's oldest person dies. See, we usually have some dying news at the beginning mm -hmm. of the show, and here it is almost noon already, to show how many more important things are going on, like John Mark Carr. I think he's a marked man, don't you? Oh, well, the man God. part I'm oh, not too yeah. sure about. And I'm, I still don't think he's got a... Uh, oh, sorry, Joyce. An appendage. 
Quito, Ecuador. Boy, have you seen the picture of this lady? The one that died? Yeah. Yes. She looked old. Yeah. Well, she was only 116. Uh, that's pretty she said she liked to have a small cup of wine with lunch, but nothing more. I, I don't know what that means. With lunch, but nothing more. Do you know what that means? The wine? No, no, but it doesn't say for lunch, but it says she liked to have a small cup of wine with lunch, but nothing more. I don't know. In other words, it's not a gallon of booze. I don't know what that means. Oh, like not, not more. Yeah, not more than that. Maria Esther de Kepovia, believed to be the world's oldest person, died at the age of 116 in Quito, Ecuador, her granddaughter said. Have you ever seen a spot where the guy is 100 years old and he plays the uh, trumpet? Yes. I, I love that spot. That, that he, is a good spot. That is a cool old dude, man. If we had and more old friends in Florida like him. He's, yeah, he's driving. He's playing a horn on Friday night. He's at the, he's at the Pine Cone Inn. That's right. Friday, If it's Friday, I'm at the Pine Cone Inn. Right. I love that spot. <laughs> he, he, he's my kind of he's old an inspiration. Part, he's 100 years old and he's still a spry. Isn't that great? I bet you he's not going to the early bird. I bet you he don't live in Sunrise Lakes. No. <laughs> Catherine Capovia, 46, property manager and real estate manager in Miami, where they specialize in old people, said Capovia died Sunday at 3 o'clock in the morning local time in a hospital in the coastal city of Guayaquil. She died two days after that. Those are the only two cities I've ever heard of in Ecuador, is Quito and Guayaquil. Maybe those are the only two cities in Ecuador. She died two days after coming down with pneumonia. Her funeral was planned for yesterday, so I guess she's uh, in the ground. Or on the ground. Born on September 14, 1889, the same year as Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler, she was married in 1917 and widowed in 1949. Robert Young, who knows best, senior consultant for gerontology for Guinness World Records, said Elizabeth Bolden of Memphis, Tennessee, now appears to be the oldest person alive. Guinness Book of Records will have to make an official announcement from London, he said. For all practical purposes, the next oldest person is going to be presumed to be Elizabeth Bolden. She also is 116, but was born 11 months after Capovia. So in that quite an accomplishment, isn't that something you'd like to be, the oldest person alive? Uh, whatever. No. Oh, yeah, she liked, uh, let's see, she liked to embroider, paint, play the piano, and dance the waltz at parties. She always ate three meals a day, never smoked or drank hard liquor, only a small cup of wine. That's what that meant, see, just to try the wine, just a little sip. Like, remember Marlon Brando, just a little sip. Mm -hmm. For the past 20 years, she'd lived with her elder daughter, Hilda, and son-in-law, Martin, who's probably out of this world. Remember Martin? Who? Bill Bixby. Oh, Let's see how many votes we got here. We're approaching noon. We got Mad Dog at 2. We got the crossover, the cross-dress hour with 4 to 5 with Hank and the Mad Dog. Uh, the Humper back where he belongs in the afternoon between 5 and 7 after uh, a year and a half of disaster. And then we got, uh, what? Oh, Hurricane Hotline with Larry Coker at 7 o'clock for 35 excruciating minutes, followed by the Marlin game. Man, you're going to see all them front-running phonies jumping on the bandwagon now. They've won eight in a row. They're only two games under the wild card. They're only, am I right? Only two games under 500? Yeah, that's right. Yo, that really is... Unbelievable. And the best part of it is that Jeffrey Luria hates Joe Girardi because he's doing such a bad job managing and because uh, he's got an attitude, Luria. Did you see that article? I saw that. Yeah, they had a little contretemps there, and Luria, he's uh, an idiot. The biggest thing you know. Best talent. You go, Joe. Rogers. Stick it to him, baby. This is Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. Caffeine. Apply directly to the brainstem. Caffeine. Apply directly to the brainstem. Caffeine. Apply directly to the brainstem. Uh, sir, do you have any liquids? I'm not telling. Oh, you must be jelling. Oh, does that make me a felon? Hey, no need for yelling. Let me get my supervisor, Ellen. Sir, are you jelling? Oh, your question is compelling. Let's see what the dogs are smelling. <laughs> you are so jelling. Oh, you caught me, you infidelins. Let's go. In Gitmo, you'll be dwelling. Yeah, I thought I'd play it again right away since you liked it so much the first time. <laughs> still like it. What's not the That's uh, from ACN? That certainly is. All right. 
Don't tell me that you haven't played that yet. I haven't found it yet, no. Oh, 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 oh. I have that disc yet. Well, good. I'm going to play them all about 100 times just to get the uh, jump on you. 5670560. Oh, what am I giving the numbers out? I already took I a know. call. Something to do. Huh? I already took one call. If I were you, I'd uh, get a full tank of gas, fill up about 400 containers, yeah, and uh, sit at home and put some duct tape over your mouth. Do I have that article? Oh, yeah. You know who's going to have a nervous breakdown about this story? Pat Buchanan, who's on every, uh, he's even on like MTV now, screaming and yelling about Mexicans and about all these illegals who are taking over the country. And this is going to uh, be right up his alley. Los Angeles blogger Lone Wacko reports an incident this weekend that should be entering heavy rotation any minute now on the mainstream media, right? Rogers Caden had on workbench. Hispanic pro-immigration demonstrators raised a Mexican flag over U.S. post office in Maywood, California, Saturday as part of a counter-demonstration against Save Our State, an anti-immigration group that claims California is becoming a third-world cesspool. Oh, third-world uh -huh. cesspool. I've lived in places like that. Maywood became a flashpoint in the escalating immigration debate when elected officials in the L.A. area city of 25,000, which is 96% Hispanic, declared it a sanctuary for illegal immigrants and took steps to make enforcement more difficult. The L.A. Times covered the competing Maywood protest but did not report on the flag raising, which was witnessed by commentator Bridget Johnson of the L.A. Daily News, who wrote, After the local post office took down the American flag at closing time, pro-immigration demonstrators promptly ran the Mexican flag up the flagpole. Eventually, police officers surrounded the flagpole and tried to get the Mexican flag down, but the cords got twisted, and they could only lower it to half-staff. Says raising a Mexican flag over U.S. government building is a flagrantly offensive gesture against a country that has celebrated immigration, supported bilingualism, and teaches school children to believe the melting pot is one of our strengths. This stunt is as ugly as the Mexifornia rhetoric coming from groups like Save Our State. And you have to wonder if the stupidity it says that would inspire activists to be so damaging to their own efforts. And now, of course, Pat Buchanan is going to be all over this like stink on Joyce. Good. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Red. I mean, who can imagine people doing that? It would be like people in uh, in South Florida driving around with Cuban flags in their cars. Who would do such a thing? Such uh, things like that. Incredibly. Unacceptable is what that is. Oh, they're having a big uh, trying to defend the indefensible in Boulder, Colorado. He said, this was a voicemail. He said, you should be tarred and feathered and run out of town. And I agree. I want you to call me and tell me that you're going to resign. You know, that's, that's pretty harsh, and it's not just one. There were a lot of calls like that. Um, I called him back. and This is the Boulder, Colorado DA. Well, I'm surprised that you called me. But uh, he started with Bad a series of questions. Line. And I'm imagining that his questions are the same questions on the top of your mind. Yeah, well, spill the so beans, So his first bitch. question was, why didn't you surreptitiously take DNA yeah. in Bangkok? Why did you put us through all this dog and pony show, which helped change the subject for your president, by the way? We did. Yeah, and immediately upon I think they locating took some DNA from his rectum, who went to mailboxes to pick up a package that we sent to him, two different officers took DNA off of the bicycle that he rode back. On a separate occasion, I bet they, you they even sniffed uh, the bicycle seat. cup that he used to drink from, think? and a tissue or wipe that he used Would to you? wipe his hands. The bottom line is that. After we did that, our expert, and we put a great deal of uh, respect in our expert from the Denver lab, said that the sample in the underwear of the victim was a mixed sample and that we do not want to compare a mixed sample with a mixed sample. We need a pristine sample. That means a buckle swab. 
A buckle swap can only be taken by consent or by court proceeding or court order. We couldn't get his consent because he didn't know he was under investigation and we couldn't alert him at that time. The, um, this gentleman had a number of other questions. Um, and, you know, I'm going to have to rely on the people here today to help me out to answer the specifics of the dates and times. Do we care about this? I don't. No, but that I buzz, that hear. hum sure was nice. Oh, okay. Or more. <laughs> well, let's just put the buzz, the, the hum on here and get her ass out of there. Because she's just mealy-mouthing her way through, but a beep, but a boop. And it's good that they did bring him back, even though they spent a ton of money and they fed him all that good food on the plane. He drank champagne! Right. Because uh, he's a notorious, and, and this business about, well, he's going to need counseling, you know, he's going to get back to California to uh, stand for the uh, child pornography charges. But then after he's eventually released, he's going to need counseling. These people don't understand. You can't counsel child molesters. There's no such thing. Right. It, it doesn't, it, it, put them on Alcatraz, put them on an island separate from uh, everybody else. That's the way to That's do it. That's it. With a bunch right of other back. pedophiles and a bunch of Catholic priests. Excuse the redundancy. Stephen Zunes in Foreign Policy and Focus writes, How Washington Goaded Israel. Did you read this column on our website? No. no. I bet you Josh got it on there nice and early. Yes, I did. Good. <laughs> it's a, I don't even want to go into it. It's amazing when they screw up your paycheck how it can turn into all these other things. But that's good that you guys had that meeting yesterday. That's fine. Got everything ironed out. I'm glad that George Corso was involved because he's certainly a big fan of this show. In fact, I put him almost in the same category with Joyce. And your program director, too, by the way. I think I better do the break first because I don't want I'm not going to give this a lick and a schmear, as they say in China. Good. Well, no, it's too important because this is really what it was all about. And didn't I tell you that Bush was behind that whole uh, Lesbanon invasion again, that whole deal? Yes, you did. Told you that. Didn't take a rocket scientist. If somebody as stupid as me could figure it out, anybody could figure it out. But, oh, no, the mainstream media. There, there you go again with the mainstream media, all that crap. How's that map looking, that radar? Let me hop on Swirly. it again before the break. Huh? Is it swirling around? Mm -hmm. And if you look out the window there, which you don't have one. See hey, that? That's, that? But we do have the fantastic news-gathering information of the QM News Department. <laughs> Remember years ago when Clarence told us we were going to get a newswire? We yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's full of it, Clarence. You're full of it. And nice job faxing the trends to somebody else, by the way, twice, and starting a third time on a Friday. He can really do it. I don't know when he's going to start, but he can really do it. Okay, I'm having the same issues as you're having there. Oh, there oh. it is, finally. No, it's moving. I got it. It's doing the loop-de-loop. -loop. And I I don't know. <laughs> Are you looking at it? Oh, I'm looking at the prediction map. I mean, unless I unless it makes a right turn, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's that nasty outer band there, that one that's just off uh, east of, like, uh, I would say, oh, I don't know, maybe Homestead right now. No, actually, east of Miami right now, a little further north than I was saying. That band that's coming by, mm -hmm. there's going to be some nasty crap coming from that. But this thing is going to have to, like, all of a sudden stop and then make a right turn, wouldn't you think? It would have to, like, shoot straight north. Right. To and, and, and they keep telling us that it's moving northwest. And what I'm looking at as it puts the motion in my casket, it looks to me like it's continuing to move to the northwest, just like they be saying, isn't it? I don't want to say nothing. Yeah. Well, like I said, we know absolutely nothing. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is G. Gordon Liddy, and they don't come any worse than Neil Rogers. Daimler Chrysler presents Letters to Dr. Z. Dear Dr. Z, I really want a new minivan, but 
My husband doesn't. How can I convince him? Very interesting. Oh, Dr. Z. Oh, thanks for coming over. Yeah, where's your husband? Oh, he's watching TV. Guten Tag, mein Herr. Who are you? I'm Dr. Z. Mind if I smoke? Yeah, actually. Now, you know the Chrysler Town and Country won the JT Power Award, yes? Yeah, yeah. But I don't want... Ah! Oh, my hand! Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see your boo-boo. I think you're going to want to buy your wife the men, no? Okay! Okay! Good. Done the Chrysler. We have ways of making you buy one. Boulder County, who's been talking with John <laughs> every day. <laughs> it makes you want to clear that? my throat every time I hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> like a sympathetic frog. Makes you want to scratch your head and wonder what is going on. Now, anyway, speaking of Dr. Z, I bet you a lot of you have been wondering about who he is, haven't you? Who is Dr. Z? Have you been wondering? The mysterious Dr. Z. Well, anyway, Daimler Chrysler has been airing an inane series of commercials featuring the troubled auto manufacturer's chairman, Dr. Dieter Zetsche. Rounds with Getschke. Now is the time Zetsche. I struck it when we dance. The $100 million Ask Dr. Z television newspaper and internet campaign depicts the six foot four mustachioed Ph.D. engineer from Stuttgart, Germany, answering uh, dopey questions posted in by actors. Although not anywhere in the same category with the great spots from... Um, What's you call it? Insurance. Geico. Geico. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Little Richard is my favorite. And then, uh, what's her name? Hoochie Coochie Charo. And then, of course, the uh, other guy like with, the, with the deep voice. Yeah, the melodramatic guy. Uh, yeah. Stephen Zuns, how Washington goaded Israel. He says there is increasing evidence that Israel instigated a disastrous war in Lebanon, largely at the behest of the United States. The Bush administration was set on crippling Hezbollah, the radical Shiite political movement that maintains a sizable block of seats in the Lebanese parliament. Taking advantage of the country's democratic opening after the forced departure of Syrian troops last year, Hezbollah defied U.S. efforts to democratize the region on American terms. The populist party's unwillingness to disarm its militias required by U.N. resolution and the inability of the pro-Western Lebanese government to force them to do so led the Bush administration to push Israel to take military action. In his May 23rd summit with Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, President Bush offered full U.S. support for Israel to attack Lebanon as soon as possible. Seymour Hersh in the August 21st New Yorker quotes a Pentagon consultant on the Bush administration's long-standing desire to strike a preemptive blow against Hezbollah. The consultant added, it was our intent to have Hezbollah diminished, and now we have someone else doing it. Israel was a willing partner. Although numerous Israeli press reports indicate that some Israeli officials, including top military officials, are furious at Bush for pushing Olmert into war, the Israeli government had been planning the attack since 2004. According to a July 21st article in the San Francisco Chronicle, Israel had briefed U.S. officials with details of the plans, including PowerPoint presentations and what the newspaper described as revealing detail. Political science professor Gerald Steinberg of Bar-Ilan University told the Chronicle that of all of Israel's wars since 1948, this was the one for which Israel was most prepared. In a sense, the preparation began in May of 2000, immediately after the Israeli withdrawal. Kind of like when your mother comes over to visit. The minute she walks out the door, she's oh, planning yeah. on coming back. Despite these preparations, the Bush administration and congressional leaders of both parties tried to present the devastating attacks, which took as many as 800, well, it's more than 1,300 civilian lives, as a spontaneous reaction to Hezbollah's provocative July 12th attack on an Israeli border post and its seizure of two soldiers. Some reports have indicated that Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld was less sanguine than Vice President Cheney, Secretary of State Condom Pleaser Rice, or President Bush about the proposed Israeli military offensive. 
Rumsfeld apparently believed that Israel should focus less on bombing and more on ground operations, despite the dramatically higher Israeli casualties that would result. Still, Hirsch quotes a former senior intelligence official as saying that Rumsfeld was delighted that Israel is our stalking horse. He had worked out really well. The recent announcement of a shaky ceasefire may represent only a minor speed bump in U.S. plans. After all, the attack on Hezbollah was only the first stage of what the Bush administration apparently hopes will be a joint redrawing of the Middle East map. On July 30th, the Jerusalem Post reported that President Bush pushed Israel to expand the war beyond Lebanon and attack Syria. Israeli officials apparently found the idea nuts. This idea was not exactly secret. In support of the Israeli offensive, the office of the White House press secretary released a list of talking points that included references to a L.A. Uh, Times op-ed by Max Boot, senior fellow for national security studies at the Council on Foreign Relations. The article, It's Time to Let the Israelis Take Off the Gloves, urges an Israeli attack against Syria. Israel needs to hit the Assad regime hard, argues Boot. If it does, it'll be doing Washington's dirty work. Iran, too, was in the administration's sights. The Israeli attack on Lebanon, according to Seymour Hersh, was to serve as a prelude to a potential American preemptive attack to destroy Iran's nuclear installations. But first, the Bush administration needed to get rid of Hezbollah's capacity to retaliate against Israel in the event of a U.S. strike on Iran, which apparently prompted Hezbollah's buildup of Iranian-supplied missiles in the first place. Starting this spring, according to Hearst, the White House ordered top planners from the U.S. Air Force to consult with their Israeli counterparts on a war plan against Iran that incorporated an Israeli preemptive strike against Hezbollah. Lieutenant General Dan Halutz, the chief of staff of the Israeli military and principal architect of the war in Lebanon, worked with U.S. officials on contingency planning for an air war with Iran. The Bush administration's larger goal apparently had been to form an alliance of pro-Western Sunni Arab dictatorships, primarily Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Jordan, against the growing Shiite militancy exemplified by Hezbollah and Iran, and to a lesser extent post-Saddam Iraq. Though the Sunni regimes initially spoke out against Hezbollah's provocative capture of the two Israeli soldiers that prompted the Israeli attacks, popular opposition within these countries to the ferocity of the Israeli assault led them to rally solidly against the U.S.-based backed war on Lebanon. In the years prior to Israel's July 12th bombing of Lebanese cities, Hezbollah had become less and less of a threat. It hadn't killed any Israeli civilians for more than a decade, with the exception of one accidental fatality in 2003 caused by an anti-aircraft missile fired in an Israeli plane that violated Lebanese airspace. Investigations by the Congressional Research Service, the State Department, and independent think tanks failed to identify any major act of terrorism by Hezbollah for over a dozen years. Prior to the attack, Hezbollah's militia had dwindled to about 1,000 men under arms. This number tripled after July 12th when reserves were called up, and a national dialogue was going on between Hezbollah and the government of pro-Western Prime Minister Senora regarding disarmament. The majority of Lebanese opposed Hezbollah, both its reactionary fundamentalist social agenda, as well as its insistence on maintaining an armed presence independent of the country's elected government. Thanks to the U.S.-backed Israeli attacks on Lebanon's civilian infrastructure, support for Hezbollah, according to polls, has grown to more than 80%, even within the Sunni, Muslim, and Christian communities. Even Richard Armitage, you remember him? He outed the Valerie Plain, we found out? Right, right. Even Richard Armitage, the leading hawk and deputy secretary of state under President Bush during his first term, noted that the only thing the bombing has achieved so far is to unite the population against the Israelis. Despite U.S. encouragement that Israel continued the war, Israel's right-wing prime minister has come under increasing criticism at home, with polls from Haaretz newspaper indicating that only 39% of Israelis would support the planned expansion of the ground offensive. Moretz Party Knesset member Rand Cohen, writing in the Jerusalem Post, called earlier moves to expand the ground offensive a wretched decision. Yariv Oppenheimer, General Director of Peace Now, which had earlier muted its criticism of the attacks on Lebanon, noted, the war has spiraled out of control and the government is ignoring the political options available. Not only have a growing number of Israelis acknowledged that the war has been a disaster for Israel, there is a growing recognition of U.S. responsibility for getting them into that mess. 
A July 23rd article in Haaretz about an anti-war demonstration in Tel Aviv noted, this was a distinctly anti-American protest that included chants of we will not die and kill in the service of the United States and slogans condemning President George W. Bush. Members of Congress who unconditionally backed Israel's attacks on Lebanon have responded to constituent outrage by claiming they were simply defending Israel's legitimate interests. In supporting the Bush administration, however, they've defended policies that cynically use Israel to advance the administration's militarist agenda. One of the more unsettling aspects of the broad support in Washington for the use of Israel as U.S. proxy in the Middle East is how closely it corresponds to historic anti-Semitism. In past centuries, the ruling elite of European countries would in return for granting limited religious and cultural autonomy establish certain individuals in the Jewish community as the visible agents of the oppressive social order, such as tax collectors and moneylenders. When the population threatened to rise up against the ruling elite, the rulers could then blame the Jews, channeling the wrath of an exploited people against convenient scapegoats. The resulting pogroms and waves of repression took place throughout the Jewish diaspora. Zionists hoped to break this cycle by creating a Jewish nation-state where Jews would no longer be dependent on the ruling elite of a given country. The tragic irony is that by using Israel to wage proxy war to promote U.S. hegemony in the region, this cycle is being perpetuated on a global scale. This latest orgy of American-inspired Israeli violence has led to a dangerous upsurge in anti-Semitism in the Middle East and throughout the world. In the U.S., many critics of U.S. policy are blaming the Zionist lobby for U.S. support for Israel's attacks on Lebanon rather than the Bush administration and its bipartisan congressional allies who encouraged Israel to wage war on Lebanon in the first place. Unfortunately, most anti-war protests in major U.S. cities have targeted the Israeli consulate rather than U.S. government buildings. By contrast, during the 80s, protests against the U.S.-backed violence in El Salvador rarely targeted Salvadorian consulates, but instead more appropriately took place outside federal offices and armed depots, recognizing that the violence wouldn't be taking place without U.S. weapons and support. Israel is no banana republic. Even those like Hirsch who recognize the key role of the Bush administration in goading Israel to attack Lebanon emphasize that rightist elements within Israel had their own reasons independent of Washington to pursue the conflict. Still, given Israel's enormous military, economic, and political dependence on the U.S., this latest war on Lebanon could not have taken place without a green light from Washington. President Jimmy Carter, for example, was able to put a halt to Israel's 78 invasion of Lebanon within days and force the Israeli army to withdraw from the south bank of the Latani River to a narrow strip just north of the Israeli border. By contrast, the Bush administration and an overwhelming bipartisan majority of Congress clearly believed it was in the U.S. interest for Israel to pursue Washington's dirty work for an indefinite period, regardless of its negative implications for Israel's legitimate security interests. Given the lack of success of the Israeli military campaign, U.S. planners are likely having second thoughts about the ease with which a U.S.-led bombing campaign could achieve victory over Iran. However, the propensity of, with the, of the Bush administration to ignore historical lessons should not be underestimated. A former senior intelligence official told Hirsch that there is no way that Rumsfeld and Cheney will draw the right conclusion about this. When the smoke clears, they'll say it was a success. They'll draw reinforcement for their plan to attack Iran. Indeed, on August 14, President Bush declared that Israel had achieved victory in its fight against Hezbollah. The outspoken support of congressional Democrats for Bush's policies in Israel's war on Lebanon portends similar support should the U.S. ignore history and common sense and attack Iran anyway. Both the Senate and the House in backing administration policy claimed that, contrary to the broad consensus of international opinion, Israel's military actions were consistent with international law and the U.N. Charter. By this logic, if Israel's wanton destruction of a small democratic country's civilian infrastructure because of a minor border incident instigated by members of a 3,000-man militia of a minority party is a legitimate act of self-defense, surely a similar U.S. attack against Iran, a much larger country with a sizable armed force whose hardline government might be developing nuclear weapons, could also be seen as a legitimate act of self-defense. Defense. 
Ironically, political action committees sponsored by liberal groups such as MoveOn.org, Peace Action, and Act for Change continue to support the election or re-election of congressional candidates who voice support for Washington's proxy war against Lebanon despite massive Israeli violations of international humanitarian, humanitarian law. It's serving as a trial run for U.S. war against Iran, and it's being against Israel's legitimate self-interests. And unfortunately, on the other extreme, some of the more outspoken elements that have opposed America's proxy war against Lebanon frankly don't have Israel's best interests in mind. As a result, without a dramatic increase in protest by those who see Washington's cynical use of Israel as bad for virtually everyone, there's little chance that this dangerous and immoral policy can be reversed. Tommy. Yeah, there you go. All those Lebanese men, those Lebanese shouldn't have attacked him in the first place, right? That's right. I'm looking at that uh, thing now. That it's it's got it's got the loop in motion, baby. It's doing the loop de loop, and some nasty yellow and reds right over Key West. There, you see that? When's the next nice advisory? Two something. Two o'clock. About, around me about one forty-five. Okay. Right. If we're still alive. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio five sixty QAM. Just a reminder for our radio listeners that the end of the world is going to come next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. And the Department of Health has requested homeowners to unplug all electrical appliances, turn off radios and TV sets, and disconnect gas stoves and furnaces. The post office recommends that you mail early in the day. And for those with automobiles, alternate side of the street parking will be suspended. That's the end of the world next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Mark it down. All right. Take a look at Key West and at the marathon there. Some nasty yellow-looking uh, crap there on the radar, ain't Ooh, it? Ooh, look at that. Yeah, nasty. 
Anyway, the leading edge of Tropical Storm Ernesto reached the upper Florida Keys this morning and soon is edging into Dave Broward County very, very soon. Just like what's-his-name said there on the Ron and Ron show. Ron soon. Yeah, soon. Very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? How yeah. can you forget? <laughs> Forecasters expressed particular concern over the possibility of tornadoes. High clouds blanketed most of South Florida in a long day and night of rain, and gusty winds is in store for the region. Five to 15 inches of rain possible. Flooding and power outages are likely, George. Oh, boy. Wouldn't that be a shame if the power went out of QM tomorrow? But you got that generator. you got that backup. Yeah. yeah. Right? Hey, if it's storming here at 8 in the morning in this town, you think I'm driving in? Yes. Okay. What do you think, Josh? You going to be there? We'll see. Power lines are down in and trees are... Get know. out of here. Power lines, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're a crazy cool. person. What are you talking about? Power lines are what? What are you? Where are you coming up with this Look, crap? You you've been away it a long time. Sounds to me you don't like you're looking for an excuse not to work tomorrow. That's what it sounds like to me. Sure, but you remember if there's a, a breeze, yeah. all the power lines come down in this town. A breeze in between the trees and yeah. your knees. Sure, Louise? the finesse bees. Forecasters said Ernesto Center would arrive tonight as a very strong tropical storm or Cat One hurricane. But most of its weather was ahead, behind, and to the right of the center, and much of it will sweep through South Florida. In fact, you can see that one nasty outer band there. It's getting pretty close, and then it's going to, like, whip right across. You see where I'm talking about which one, the northernmost one? The band on the run. The band on the run. The, the boys in the band. It's getting real close to Miami. Well, actually, the one lower than that. I don't know. The thing doesn't look all that well organized to me when they keep, keep talking about the eye. The, I don't know. Do you see any eye in that? I don't see any of any color. What do you mean? The eye. I don't see a, a blue eye, a red eye. Yeah, but do you see <laughs> One of those? I think that's no. one right by Sweetwater. Hurricane watches and tropical storm warnings cover all of South Florida. Sudden tornadoes are a distinct and frightening possibility, says the Herald website. A frightening possibility. Oh, my God. We're seeing a lot of rotation in the spiral bands over the ocean, which suggests that we could have some tornadoes on land, said Rusty Fost, meteorologist in charge of the National Weather Service's South Florida office. Rusty Fost... This threat is very real, old Rusty said. The problem with typical, uh, typical tropical cyclone tornadoes is that... And by the way, I did do a look in the smear in that article. I should probably read it again slower. I think you should. No. The problem with tropical cyclone tornadoes is that they're very fast in developing, and it's hard to get a warning out. Schools closed today. We already told you. Dave Broward, limited evacuations ordered. Shelters open in both counties. Fort Lauderdale Airport closed uh, tonight by 7.30 p.m. Last flight of the day will leave Miami International at 7.45 p.m. if conditions permit. But they're on the verge also. The weather will continue to deteriorate this afternoon, with the worst of it arriving overnight. Forecasters and emergency managers urge South Floridians to take advantage of these last few hours of decent weather and rush to completion all pre-storm preparations, including the shuttering of their homes and businesses. Get with it. Get jiggy with it. Get up that plywood. Get that visqueen. Get that duct tape. Get those jugs and jugs. Go into your supermarket, your neighborhood Publix, and clean out all the perishables, all the uh, all the foodstuffs. This man for dinner, all the canned goods, batteries, bottled water. That's right. Go to your nearest Home Depot, buy out every generator that they've got so nobody else can have it. Because that's the South Florida FM way, baby. These are the kinds of winds that knock traffic lights out, Foss said. People are going to have to be careful driving around tomorrow. Remember that when there's no light, it's a four-way stop. Oh, yeah, even when there is a light, you know, you know you're, talking, you're talking South Florida, man. Four-way stop, my ass. At 11 a.m., Ernesto's top winds were measured at 45 miles an hour. We got that newer advisory coming at 2, the latest advisory, about 145, 150. 
Winds predicted to reach 65 miles an hour when the center of the storm hits Florida around midnight or a few hours later. Hurricane force winds begin at 74. So not quite a hurricane, maybe, but close. To me, there's not a lot of difference between 70, 80 mile winds, said Dade Mayor Carlos Alvarez. This is a dangerous storm. If you haven't done so, make your preparations now. Fost, whatever his name is, said sustained tropical storm force winds of 39 miles an hour should begin over South Miami-Dade late this evening, then spread across the mainland of South Florida through the night. Strong tropical force winds of 58 miles an hour more with gusts to near hurricane force will start affecting Dade around midnight, then spread across Broward by uh, 4 in the morning. Broward! Fost warned of 5 to 15 inches of rain, the possibility of substantial inland flooding, and serious coastal flooding, especially around the north end of Biscayne Bay and around the causeways and beach access roads in that area. Many thousands of people still live under tarp, blue tarps that cover roofs damaged by last year's barrage of hurricanes. It says they could be in trouble tonight. Where else can I go, said Mark Moss, 53, of Pompano Beach. He's working on his third tarp to keep the rain away. I'm just hoping the storm goes out into the ocean. Federal officials position hundreds of trucks filled with ice and water. The National Guard stands on alert. Spokesman for local airports said airlines might have to suspend operations tonight. They not might, they will. In Broward County, bus service will continue till 3 Dade until uh, weather conditions deteriorate. And it goes on about the gas. George, George needs gas. Yeah. Just siphon, just siphon some out of somebody else's car there. You can't siphon anymore, man. Why not? They put a little, like, grate that's not so great inside. Oh, great. So you can't stick your tube. Oh, you can't yeah, stick no. your... Oh, I'm a little slow. Cube! In there. In there, yeah. I thought you were thinking of something else. Not that I didn't try. Biggest names of best talent. Stick it right in there. Cube! Howard David's a bitch. Tonight on American Chopper, the OCC crew creates the Caddyshack tribute bike. I was fabricating the gas tank, and as usual, Pop was no help. Hey, Paulie, that's the worst-looking tank I ever saw. <laughs> when you make a tank like that, I bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Whoa, somebody's stepping on a duck. When the job is done, the Tuttles create another masterpiece. Hey, Vinny, this bike reminds me of the one I made for the Dalai Lama himself. 12 cent of the Lama, flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. So I finished the bike, and he's going to stiff me. I said, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort? And he says, oh, there won't be any money, but when you die on your deathbed, you'll receive total consciousness. The Caddyshack Bike, tonight on American Chopper. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah, 1248, 12 minutes to 1. At 2 o'clock, it's the Mad Dog. Oh! We get back to the important stuff, sports, right? That's right. Who cares about some stupid hurricane unless, of course, it wears orange uniform and plays uh, for UM. You know it. Let's see. Let all the uh, baseball team don't wear orange uniforms. What about the basketball team? I guess I don't even think I've ever seen their basketball team. No, they like green. Isn't it green and orange? Yeah. Josh? Wait. Who? Doug Wade, hockey player. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? The University of Miami basketball team, the colors of their uniform is green white. and orange, isn't it? No, white and green. White and green. Well, a little orange, just in like. And what about the Mexican flag that we're putting up, running up the flagpole? (laughs) Oh, there's your president. Another photo op after like really sticking it to those people down there in New Orleans last year, and after telling Brownie he was doing a heck of a job, man. There he is with another one of them photo ops. Just remember one thing: George Bush doesn't care about black people, or a whole bunch of other things too. Not to mention all those dead people, all the blood on his hands. 1,114 votes on the pool. What celebrity or athlete are you the most tired of? Tom Cruise, 277. Enough already, will you? You're fair. God, go away. Paris Hilton, 236. 
Carol Owens, 162. He is just nauseating. Won't stop. Tiger Woods, 87. Go away. Take your balls and leave. Britney Spears, 66. Oprah, 49. We'll say the same thing to her, too. Take your balls and leave, Oprah. Mel Gibson, 41. Donald Trump, 39. Star Jones, 36. Barry Bonds, 26. Erzatz. Madonna, 24. Shaq has got 16. All right. Shaq. Jessica Simpson, 14. Bono, 14. Whitney Houston, 9. Jennifer Aniston, 9. George Clooney's only got five. I guess they haven't seen either one of those bad movies. Syriana or uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, God. Really bad. Uh, Brad Pitt, 3. And Lance Bass has only got two. He's only got two. So who cares if he's gay? Who the hell knows who he is anyway, right? Who? Yeah, that Instinct guy. Remember Instinct? Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. yeah them. Catholic sister Helen Prejean, author of Dead Man Walking and a longtime social activist, has been uninvited as the keynote speaker at the Diocese of Duluth Education Dinner in October. Wait till you hear why. Did you see this story? Nope. No. In a letter to some diocese residents sent yesterday, Duluth Bishop Dennis Schnur, well, I wonder if he's a Schnur, Schnur, said the decision to cancel the event, uh, those, the SH words, man, see, you think of one SH word, all you people out there, Schmageggy, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Schlemazel Schnoor. and Pepper Incorporated. Right. Duluth Bishop Dennis Schnoor said the decision to cancel the event at Pre-Jean's address was based on her name appearing on an August 3rd New York Times ad calling for President Bush to be removed from office, to which we say, oh! Schnoor said the ad was brought to his attention by lay people in the diocese. Upon reviewing the ad, I find that I share their concerns, Schnur said in the letter. Therefore, we've made the difficult decision to cancel her appearance. The event, which had been set for October 1 at the Duluth Entertainment Convention Center, was a joint fundraiser for Duluth and Iron Range Catholic Schools. The same dinner last year raised more than $30,000 with the Green Bay Auxiliary Bishop as the keynote speaker. The event was scheduled for the DECC this year because such a large crowd was expected, said Kyle Eller, Communication Director for the Diocese. I wonder if he was kin to Carl Eller, the old football player. It's very disappointing. This is a very big event. We couldn't get another speaker in time, Eller said. The problem wasn't the political nature of the issues raised in the ad, Eller said, noting that the church and pre-gene often take stands on political issues, but the ad's partisan attack of Bush crossed the line, Eller said. Huh. When it gets into attacking a political figure, that becomes partisan, Eller said, noting that the church has both moral and legal obligations to remain nonpartisan. During the last national election, several churches were criticized and some investigated by the IRS because they were alleged to have endorsed specific candidates or political parties, a violation of their nonprofit status. The ad in question, titled The World Can't Wait, Drive Out the Bush Regime, carried the endorsement of 90 individuals, including Pre-Jean, a member of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Mid-something uh, in New Orleans. Some French, mid mid who knows what that is. The World Can't Wait organizers are sponsoring a mass day of protest against the Bush administration on October 5. Pre-Jean, 67, is on a three-month sabbatical for renewal and writing her office said Tuesday and is unavailable until September 1. But in a letter on her website, Pre-Jean said the ad properly criticizes Bush's reckless pursuit of war in Iraq. Yeah. What happened to him? To help clean out houses oh. and remove Oh, there it is. Yeah, he's cleaning out houses in Iraq, which has helped to destabilize the entire Middle East. His approval of torture, his zealous promotion of imprisonment and executions, his, his fiscal policy, which makes the wealthy people more wealthy and the poor people poorer. The Cruz founder... The ad also criticized Bush's stand against abortion and contraception, and pre-gene has since asked to be removed from the ad because she didn't agree with its stand on abortion. Well, not being a good Catholic, I'm sure she would not. On her website, she said, there is one issue addressed in the ad that I cannot endorse, which if I had seen the final version would have led me to withhold my signature. 
My stance on abortion is a matter of public record. I stand morally opposed to killing war, executions, killing of the old and demented, the killing of children unborn and born. But Prejean offered no apologies for her direct criticism of the Bush administration, saying her faith demands action against Bush. I signed the ad because as a follower of the way of Jesus and a U.S. citizen, I cannot stand by passively and silently as I witness my government wage such grievous oppression and violence, she said on her website. For me personally, it would be sinful not to raise my voice publicly in opposition to the life-destructive policies and practices of the Bush administration. This is people here. Yeah, right, exactly. He, he, he gets it. He's going to get it. Norma's going to get it. Hey, Norma, if it's 4 o'clock in Japan, where's your ass? <laughs> oh, my God. That, didn't that still just drive you nuts? It, it's incredible. Especially at 1 o'clock in the morning, okay? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Why are you coming? Oh, but I'm in Canada and you're in Canada. Aren't we on the same time? Oh, my God. There's only one thing. Yeah. To say that. And this is and my livelihood, my career is rested in the hands of this yutz for all this time. No wonder I'm sitting here on QAM watching George Bush. You know, I, when, when we first got going. <laughs> oh, it just gets better and better and better as the people continue getting dumber and dumber and dumber, you know? You don't think there could be a connection, do you? No. Well, thank God for that. 12.56 at QM. We're approaching that powerhouse afternoon lineup. Thank God. No more of that. No more of that. God, isn't that something that we don't have to keep promoting uh, coming up at 2? we got Mad Dog at 2. The Power Hour with Hank and the Mad Dog together in stereo, 4 to 5, cross-dressing and cross-dancing, and then Hank Goldberg, 5 to 7. And after we fill that hour with that hurricane hotline crap, well, now what kind of uniforms is it? And then it's the Marlins and the Cardinals, those red-hot Marlins, man, eight in a row, two games under 500, only two games out of the wild card. The biggest names of the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. It's the Von Tutu Hour. Hi, Bush ignored the city of New Orleans Yes, some of the people down there say he failed Stuffs the people in the Astrodome like cattle While half the National Guard was in Iraq He cut funding for their levies Looters causing anarchy In Aruba we made a bigger deal In search for Natalie Holloway For one white girl we drained a lake And even asked for help from the Navy SEALs I'm dying over here George Bush was vacationing in Crawford I guess next year there'll be no Mardi Gras. Girls gone wild needs the city of New Orleans. Or they'll have to send their film crew to Florida. But not until after Ernesto passes, we don't want to be doing that. So how's Ernesto coming? Don't let me forget about 145, 140. I want to get that two o'clock advisory on. Oh, look at their live footage from Home Depot. There's all the panic. Oh, are they showing that? I would have that hyperventilating. Yeah. I watched about 30 seconds. How many seconds? About 30, man. Of uh, NBC6 online there. And I thought, well, since they're our news partner, we're playing them promos. uh, Maybe I'll learn something on there, you know, that I don't know. Didn't. But we got it, you know. I got it. 
Although I will say this, play and encouraging. In fact, they got this bozo on there. We could be getting some extensive coverage here on Ernesto and some nice, uh, you know. Although, why the hell do we have to do that when we can just go to the radar, right? Right. We don't have to wait for them. Go back to my radar one moment, please. Go back to Miami radar. And actually, earlier, if you like, do the arrows there, and you like uh, leapy lead little arrows. Oh, look at that! You notice how that? In fact, that one band there—it's shaped just like Cuba, isn't it? Yeah, the northern band. Looks just like, like like Cuba. Maybe that's the American band. Holy moly! And that that thing is—it's uh, already in there, man. It's in there. It's in Dade. It's uh, coming to Broward. Not in Broward yet. In fact, it's a long ways from Broward, isn't it? But it's certainly in Dade. In fact, if you look out your window right there, and take a look at the ho that thing has really moved. Is it just my imagination, or is that thing all of a sudden like picked up speed, or maybe they just caught up on the radar? I, I don't, don't know. know. Don't you see what I'd be seeing though? I do see it. Looks like it's making a big move. Anyway, we got some rain coming. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Not the end of the world. Don't get all panicky. Don't act like some kind of a jackass. Don't act selfish like everything's all for me, you know. Look what happened to people like that. But uh, Key West is getting it good. Marathon is getting it. Key Largo is getting it right uh, heavy duty. In fact, it already looks like uh, a little respite there. Maybe not. It's hard to tell. But Miami's right on the verge. But that upper finger there, man, that outer band, it looks just like Cuba in, re in reverse. Maybe Fidel is coming, you think? Uh oh. Wouldn't that be something? I got an article. I got one that is absolutely up your alley, Sally. Well, let me bend over. John Tierney wrote this, and it's datelined Amsterdam. Did you see it on our website? No. From Sunday's New York Times. I'm oh, too busy sitting in line for gas these days to be reading any. So I guess you didn't stories. watch those movies over the weekend. I watched one of them. I watched The Trials uh, of Henry Kissinger? No, The President, The Hunting what of the about President. Hubbard? Oh. Not enough to make you vomit. What a crock. What Kenny a crock. Star and that whole crowd of right sure. lunatics. So transparent. Yeah. But didn't, uh, you know, the media couldn't see through it or yeah. didn't want to. They wouldn't and be So deterred. we had to go through two, three years of all that crap and waste $70 million of your taxpayer dollars on, uh, on uh, Monica Gate. And, of course, on Whitewater, which never happened in the first place. At least not with them. The Czar's Reefer Madness, John Tierney in Sunday's New York Times. Didn't see it? Nope. Arjan Roskan, the creator of the award-winning marijuana blend named Arjan's Haze, well, I'm sure you're probably smoking some of that right now. You know it, the purple stuff. Has dozens of pictures of celebrity visitors on the wall of his coffee shop in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. He's got Eminem, Lenny Kravitz, Alicia Keys. Oh, Alicia Keys. Oh, wait a minute. I get confused with Alicia Keys and Alicia Bridges. That's Alicia Bridges. Well, same thing. How many Alicia's do you know? Mike Tyson, but so far, unfortunately, not a single White House drug czar. The czars have preferred to criticize from afar. In the past, they've called Dutch drug policy an unmitigated disaster, bemoaning Amsterdam's stone zombies and its streets cluttered with junkies. Anti-pot passion has only increased in the Bush administration, which has made it a priority to combat marijuana. More than half a million Americans are arrested annually for possessing it. The Bush administration can't even abide it for being used for medical purposes by the terminally ill. Why risk having any of it fall into the hands of young people who could turn into potheads, crack addicts, and junkies? But if America's drug warriors came to Amsterdam, they would learn something even if they didn't sample any of the dozens of varieties of marijuana sold legally in specially licensed coffee shops. They could see that the patrons puffing on joints generally don't look any more zombie-like than the crowd in an American bar, or for that matter, a congressional subcommittee listening to a lecture on the evils of marijuana. And if they talked to Peter Cohen, a Dutch researcher who has been studying drug use for a quarter century, they would discover something even more disorienting. Even though marijuana has been widely available since the 1970s, enough to corrupt a couple of generations, the Netherlands has not succumbed to reefer madness. The Dutch generally use drugs less than Americans do, according to national surveys in both countries, and these surveys might understate Americans' drug usage simply because respondents are less likely to admit illegal behavior. 
More Americans than Dutch reported having tried marijuana, cocaine, and heroin. Among teenagers who tried marijuana, Americans were more likely to be regular users. In a comparison of Amsterdam with another liberal port city, San Francisco, Cohen and other researchers found that people in San Francisco were nearly twice as likely to have tried marijuana. Cohen isn't sure exactly what cultural and economic factors account for the different usage patterns in America and the Netherlands, but he's confident he can rule out one explanation. Drug policy is irrelevant, says Cohen, the former director of the Center for Drug Research at the University of Amsterdam. It's quite logical, he says, to theorize that outlawing drugs would have an impact, but experience shows otherwise, both in America and in some European countries, with stricter laws than the Netherlands, but no less drug use. The good news about drugs, Cohen says, is that the differences among countries aren't all that important. Levels of addiction are generally low in America as well as in Europe. The bad news is that the occasional drug fad gets hyped into a crisis that leads to bad laws. Prohibition does not reduce drug use, but it does have other impacts, he says. It takes up an enormous amount of police time and generates large possibilities for criminal income. In the Netherlands, that income goes instead to coffee shop owners and to the government, which exacts heavy taxes. It also imposes strict regulations on what goes on in the coffee shop, including who can be served, no minors, and how much can be sold, five grams to a customer. Any unruly behavior or public disturbances can quickly close down a shop. To avoid problems at the greenhouse, Roscam has closed-circuit cameras and a staff that urges novices to stick with small doses and to protect their lungs by taking hits from a vaporizer. Unlike street buyers in America, customers know exactly what strength they're getting, which is especially useful to hundreds of people with multiple sclerosis and other ailments who use marijuana medicinally. Roscam sneers at the street products in the U.S., which he considers overpriced and badly blended. But he acknowledges there's one feature in the American market he can't compete with, Drugs are just less interesting here, he said. One of my best friends here never smoked cannabis, never wanted even to try my products. That's when she was 32 and she went to America on a holiday and smoked for the first time. I asked her why, and she said, it was more fun over there. It was illegal. Uh-huh. How do you like that? The forbidden fruit, The baby. forbidden fruit, baby. Fruit. You fairy. Norma. So how's that radar coming? Don't let me forget now. I won't. To check who's naughty and nice on that uh, thing of one by one, one fifty. I gotta get back to that pool now. We got twelve hundred votes yet. Pretty shocking when everybody's out there trying to siphon gas out of other people's car, stick in their chew somebody else's tank. Stick a tiger in the tank. Tiger Woods. Boy, he makes me sick. I don't know what it is. It's not a racial thing because he's like he, you know, he's, he's a, bunch a, of a bunch of everything. Yeah, he's a cocktail. Eleven hundred and fifty-one votes on that poll. What celebrity or athlete are you most tired of? Tom Cruise, two eighty-six. Paris Hilton, two forty-two. Actually, it's a pretty good race there, wouldn't you say? It is. She's close. The nose knows. Oh, my God. Let me say it again. Did you notice? Did, did, I, did you take my warning and take a look at what's her name in that uh, Clinton movie? What's her name? Oh, Paula Jones? Paula Jones. Oh, it's a good thing she got a nose job. I'm surprised she, they didn't she, she could open up locked doors with that thing. It looks she, like something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't say it. I won't. Paris Hilton, 242. Yeah, it looks like an Ann, Ann Coulter, what she's got. Terrell Owens, 169, a big one. Tiger Woods, 88. Britney Spears, 68. Oprah, 51. I think she's got something. A lot of money. Nobody knows why. Mel Gibson, 44. Donald Trump, 40. Star Jones, 39. Barry Bonds, 27. Madonna, 24. I only like her because she keeps sticking her sticking it to the Catholic Church. I just love that. Keep pissing them off, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, it's all done for publicity to make money. Sure, but works. nevertheless, she still pisses them off. Shaq has got 18. Enough with that. Yeah. Big head already. Jessica Simpson, 14. Bono, 14. Whitney Houston, 9. She's having a big love affair with uh, Osama Yamama. She don't know yet. And his 48 wives. Jennifer Aniston, 8. George Clooney still only got 5. He started with 5. He still got 5. He ain't going nowhere. His movies suck. Brad Pitt, 3. And Lance Bass still has got a small pier. 
And it's not good to have a small pair when you're gay. Because then, uh, you know, although he's probably got plenty of company, wouldn't you think? I imagine. He's probably a busy boy. A house in the Carrollton neighborhood near Lafayette Academy. Right, that's a good place. That's where he's going to go when he retires very, very soon, we hope. The biggest thing. And he resigns. talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Apply directly to the brainstem. Caffeine. Apply directly to the brainstem. Talk about your Teflon presidents. Ooh, you ain't kidding. Goodbye, George. You gotta go, me, oh my own. You gotta go home, cause you're up bad on the bio. Absolutely. But you sure flew quick when it came to sick, Terry Shiloh. Son of a bush is a foot in your tush, now say goodbye, yo. While people drowned, you played a round of relaxing golf. Well, he was on vacation. Priorities are not your cup of tea, that's evidento. Oops, and no one cares to even prepare for the worst scenario. You were the one busy having fun, and that's a no-no. You'll investigate at a later date. That's real bullshit. So, think your situation. The ones that don't should get locked up so it don't continue. But no one will get blamed like with Agent Flame. No heads will roll. Of course. And as for this to be a slap on the wrist and no charges filed. What a surprise. Cause you're a liar. No one gets fired with each new mess. Oh, nobody. A new death toll, a slip in the polls. That's no problem. Oh, he'll fix it. Your spin machine will deal with New Orleans. Cause that's their job. Oh, as per usual. Son of a bush is a foot in your tush. You're an asshole. We just don't understand you got blood on your hands, but want no blame. Oh, I'm a problem solver. You made it obvious, at least to most of us, you have no shame. Oh, shame, what's that? And what's with that smirk, you stupid jerk, when people have died? Oh, Son of a bitch, you should be impeached, and we mean pronto. Now do us all a favor and get the f*** out. You hear? Jackass. Abu Garib. 117 at 560 WQM. We still got that stubborn 33%. Although I noticed the new Newsweek poll yesterday, he's back down to 36% overall. Uh, 36. Yeah. Popularity. Those That's that same, like I said, stubborn sure. 33, 35, 36. They're like, like that. Yahoo's. Eric Hamlin got off to a rough start at Carmody Middle School in uh, Colorado. In the very first week of class, he got a letter of reprimand and was placed on administrative leave, as reported by the uh, Denver Post. You see this? No. no. You haven't seen too much because you've been, uh, busy been watching all them stupid movies. You better watch that Kissinger movie. Oh, I will. And even though the school quickly reinstated him, he's decided not to return, he tells the progressive. Hamlin was hired to teach world geography to seventh graders at the school, which is in Jefferson County, Colorado. For the past eight years, he says he's taught in that district. He prepared his classroom by displaying the flags of Mexico, China, and the U.N., as he has in previous classes without incident, he says. But when assistant principal Victoria Winslow came into his class on August 21st, the day before school was to begin and saw the flags, she told him to take them down. That surprised me and caught me off guard, he says. I asked her why I had to take them down, and she said it was Jefferson County School District policy. I said I'd had the flags up before in Jefferson County, and if that was the policy, I had some issues with it. She left, and then about an hour later, she returned and said, Oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It isn't district policy. It's actually state law, and handed me a copy of a Colorado state statute. 
The statute says any person who displays any flag other than the flag of the U.S. Uh, or the state of Colorado or any of its subdivisions, agencies, or institutions upon any state, county, municipal, or other public building or adjacent grounds within the state commits a Class One petty offense. Sounds awfully petty to me, don't it? Sure enough. There is an exception in the statute for a temporary display of any instructional or historical materials not permanently affixed or attached to any part of the buildings. Hamlin says he read the statute and noticed the last part about the temporary display for educational purposes and pointed it out to Winslow. But she felt the flags seemed permanent and again said that I needed to take them down. A little while later, Principal John Schalk came to see him. According to Hamlin, he said, I hear we're having some issues with flags. You need to understand that you have to take them down now. Hamlin refused. I told him I wanted to have the flags up so the students could observe them and reference them and ask questions about them. He says, he informed me I was insubordinate. I agreed with that. However, I told him I thought there was a bigger issue here, so he told me there would be further disciplinary action. Hamlin was allowed to teach on August 22th, but at the end of the day, he was called down to Principal Schalk's office again. He presented me with a letter of reprimand, Hamlin says. If Hamlin wanted to return in good standing, the letter said he would have to agree to not display any flag of any foreign nation, Hamlin recalls and I had to receive administrative approval for any display I was putting up in my classroom. Hamlin says he told Schalk that he couldn't morally comply with those terms. The next day, shortly after Hamlin arrived at school, Schalk handed him a letter placing him on administrative leave. Are you following this? I am, carefully. It's, uh... Chilling. Uh, after the Denver Post and Huffington Post, other media outlets got a hold of the story, Hamlin met with some county and school officials to see if they could work out an agreement. What we eventually agreed to is that I would be able to have the flags up on a rotational basis with 12 weeks being the longest, which is how I use the flags anyway, Hamlin said. But before agreeing to go back, Hamlin wanted to meet with the principal and other school administrators, which he did August 24. And he wanted to consult with other faculty members to see what the school atmosphere was like. I had my confidence shaken in the school administration's ability to back me in certain situations, he said. The teachers he spoke with warned him that a lot of people in the school don't like what you've done. They think you're trying to rip the school apart, he says. Hamlin says he asked for a day to decide what to do. On August 25th, he chose to leave. I came to the decision that it probably would be best for me, for students, and for Carmody Middle School if I moved on, he says. Hamlin hopes to work for the district in one capacity or another. We're looking at a possible transfer, he says. Hamlin says he bears no ill will toward Principal Shock. In fact, he feels bad for him. He's just getting scathing emails, he says. Most of them are very unfair, calling him Nazi and things like that. All of these All of these things. things. The principal thought it was a reasonable interpretation of the statute to ask Hamlin to remove the flags. Lynn Setzer, executive director of communications for Jefferson County Public Schools, tells the progressive the subject matter was longitude and latitude. Or maybe it was just bad attitude. For a while there, Setzer believed the matter was settled. Hamlin was returning to class. He was clear to go back to the class, she told me Friday morning. From the district's standpoint, the matter has been resolved. But that was before Hamlin chose not to return. We're working to try to find him a new assignment based on his request. Certainly not ours, Setzer now says. Mark Silverstein, legal director for the Colorado ACLU, questions the validity of the state statute and the school's interpretation of it. I have a hard time understanding how the state of Colorado's interests are threatened by someone displaying a foreign flag in some state building, he says, especially by a geography teacher using foreign flags as part of the instruction about different parts of the world. The statute itself represents legislative overreaction to a non-problem, and the principal's decision was an overreaction to the statute, he be saying, which is the understanding of the century. Hey, hey, like that. Take down them foreign flags, okay? Comunista. Yeah, and all you people with them Cuban flags, take them down. All them Brazilian flags, every time they play that stupid soccer crap. Brazil, Brazil, the hell with Brazil, okay? Take them flags down. Cut the crap. Four, maybe several. Details on his next legal stop coming up on Live From. 
Boy, he ain't the strangest. I'm telling you, he's the, uh, I keep trying to tell you, he's the guy from that uh, outer space movie. Which one? The oh, The Day of the Earth Stood Still. The Day of the Earth Michael Stood Rennie. Still with Michael Rennie, man. He had the same, didn't he have that same kind of face? Wow. He wasn't. He wasn't quite as uh, grotesque looking, and he, no. and he certainly did not have a pear-shaped ass. <laughs> oh, see, I, I tried to tell you that right in the beginning, right from the yeah. get-go, and that is never trust a guy with a pear-shaped ass. It's just uh, that. I mean, that's a lady, okay? That's a lady. Wait till you see that movie Four Brothers. And I'm not. I'm not going to get you that movie unless uh, you get. No, it's running on cable. I'll get it. Watch uh, the trials of Henry Kissinger, because if you think if you think the Clinton one pissed you off, wait until you see that. <laughs> you're, you're going to want to go and find out where Henry is right now and go and give him a piece of your mind. Or like he said, pieces in our hands. That was, that was before your time. That was during Vietnam. Pieces in our hands, yeah. Piece of Cambodia, piece of Laos, piece of this, you know, piece of crap. Which is exactly what he is. 25 after 1, man. we got some heavy-duty sports stuff today. The Marlins are on fire. They might just make that wild card. And, you know, I really do hope they make the wild card in spite of Jeffrey Lurie and David Sampson and Delilah. Because maybe we can make back on QM some of all that money we've been losing on those broadcast rights where they've been charging us for a major league team. And for a long time, we're playing like a little league team. Maybe they, maybe they can get uh, Ted Lilly to pitch for the Marlins. Josh? Well, that would be a bad thing. Hey, he won a game the other day. They scored him like, uh, I don't know, what was it, like 10 to 6, 10 to 7? They scored him a bunch of runs, and he held on. Well, that's why he won. And this time when the manager went out there to take the ball away, he just handed it right to him. He said, okay, bye-bye, see ya. <laughs> Man, all these stupid-ass overpaid jocks and all their attitudes and all their platitudes and all their crap. And, of course, you people out there that go and, uh, you know, fawn all over them because, you know, because they, you know, take showers naked together and stuff like that. Isn't that what it's all about? You fairy! 26, oh, here's your uh, spot. So to help tell her story, we hired the guy from the movies. When the storm hit, both our cars were totally underwater. In a world where both of our cars were totally underwater... We thought it would take forever to get some help. But a new wind was about to blow. Geico, we had our check in two days. Payback. This time, it's for real. Geico. Real service. <laughs> and he just takes the headphones off and uh -huh. they're like, yeah, that was okay. Maniac. Hey, let me tell you right now about where to take your feet. That's Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. For about 100 years now, smart people take their feet to Brandy's because it is the best. They carry all the major brands like Florsheim, Echo, Mephisto, Rockport, Hush Puppies, New Balance, all the other top names in uh, the shoe business in all sizes for men and women. And they even carry wide widths and hard-to-find sizes for those of you people out there with freaky feet. Brandy Shoes, in fact, is the largest independent shoe retailer in all of South Florida. If you've never been there, when you walk in for the first time, you'll say, hey, that old fart is right, man. This is a hell of a place. In fact, when you go to Brandy, stop and see our good buddy Arnie, because every time he'll make sure you get the right of any shoes for your feet at an unbeatable price. Brandy Shoes, you'll find them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach between Atlantic and Copans on the east side. Open every day of the week for your shopping convenience, Monday through Saturdays till 9 and every Sunday till 5. And again this week, it's a great time to buy Sperry's at Brandy's. American Originals on sale, only $45.90. Save up to 20 bucks on all of the men's and women's styles, too. So be sure to get your ass in and take good care of them Tootsies at Brandy's this week or do your shoe shopping right online at brandyshoes.com. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. It's the lotion in the basket. Hello, I'm Ricky Carr. No, no, John Mark Carr. Mm -hmm. who, who, are, who are you again, Mommy? Frank Carlucci. Mm -hmm. But I'm Buffalo Bill. Not today. Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I love children. I love children. They love me. And we love the smell of playground pee. 
The mommy wants a liberal quiet today. They ask me here today to, to, to keep your mind occupied with other things. I killed all the children, yes. It was I, Buffalo Bill, I mean, Mickey Carr. I killed so many of them. And I kidnapped the little baby. And I shot Superman. Mommy? I want to put all your cotton one liberals in the basket. Joe Lieberman never kissed me like that. I'd like to know how to uh, have uh, Joe Lieberman give me tongue. Mommy, Joe puts his tongue in my basket. At least it's kosher. 132-28-2 at QAM. Why, they're all over this Katrina thing, man. It's a one-year emergency and mean, uh, anniversary. Meantime, Ernesto, is they give a look in a schmear, you know. They don't care about us. Mm. An unidentified man was found dead, curled on the ground, and next on gas station on Federal Highway in Boynton Beach Boulevard, police said, the good news is police said it wasn't gas line related. Isn't that good news? Okay, good. <clears throat> well, the bad news is he's dead. But Meanwhile, in Lauderdale, Lauderhill, Police said increasing pre-Ernesto tension led to a fight at a gas station this morning that left one person with minor injuries and another in handcuffs. Now, in the first part, in Boynton Beach, a customer called police at 6.50 this morning after spotting this body. It says after spotting his body. <laughs> oh, the Sun Sentinel strikes again. After spotting a body on the south side of the station's convenience store, said police spokesman Sergeant Stuart Steele. He's a man of steel. It's suspicious, he said. It's not gas line related. Thank God. The gas station, which opened at 6.30 this morning, had no fuel supply at the time this man was found. I didn't notice anything, said the manager, Sandar Joshi. He said no surveillance cameras located outside the station's convenience store, but he heard the victim was badly beaten. At about 9 a.m., the fuel trucks hadn't arrived yet, but a handful of customers waiting to gas up before Nestor arrived. I'm riding on a fume, said Boynton Beach resident Edgar Martin. Steele said the man, who was found with shorts and a shirt on, appeared to be in his 30s or 40s. A pair of glasses was recovered near his body. Well, that narrows it down. Since he had no ID on him, police asked local homeless persons for help in identifying the man. They had to go see Sean Canoni. He'll know who it is, based on how much revenue this guy brought in. In the Lauderhill incident, Ludwig Smith, 43, of Lauderhill, got into a physical argument shortly before 7 o'clock this morning with another man over which line to use for the gas pumps at the Sitco at Northwest 16th Street and State Road 7, said Lieutenant Tundra King, police spokeswoman. Smith was charged with battery and taken to the Broward County Jail. See all you crazy people out there. This is not the end of the world. There's plenty of gas. That's what Jim Smith said, right? Yeah, twice. Everybody said that. And then the other guy was the other guy, Benny Blades or whoever that was, that said there's a lot of gas. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. George is the only guy who can't find That's it. That's it. It's just me. Just you. That's because you're a short guy. Okay? That's right. Short people have trouble finding those gas stations. If they'd let them up better, just like that runway in Lexington, then maybe there wouldn't uh -huh. be so many problems. I, I still don't understand that. It makes you real nervous about flying. Idiocy. And it wasn't because drunk. they were uh, flying on a puddle jumper. It was because the, the crew was obviously a bunch of idiots, no matter right. how much experience they had. Oh, yeah, and in fact, on the, on the flight recorder, they even, even comment on the fact that, well, uh, oh, it's dark on this runway. The lights are out. Maybe there's a good reason for that, you morons. That's not the right runway, you jackass. But nevertheless, just pathetic. 1192. Can you believe we're going to go over 1,200 votes on the poll today on a day when people are, like, chopping up all the water and everything, all the supplies? Just wait to, in fact, you probably waited to go to the uh, public soon. No, i got other people that do that. Not the wife. Of course. The wife goes to Publix? You sure. ever go into a place like that? She better. I'm not going to go there. She hang out there with the ankle paramedics and make sure she doesn't have like any injuries, or maybe that's why you send her in there. She paints little symbols of old people on the side of her cart. <laughs> oh, man, just pathetic. Voters agree 
The American political system is broken. This is by Rasmussen Reports. This was on your favorite website, Capitol Hill Blue. It used to be your favorite website until Doug Thompson got... Uh, that is so sad. Sad. Well, he got sidetracked. I was going to say he got sidetracked, but sad. He got sidetracked. It's very sad. Look what happened to Dan Rather, man. Look what's going on in America. Used to be a little bit of freedom. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Not no more. That's why, you're right, it's a shame that that movie, that Ed Murrow movie, is such a piece of garbage. Good night and good luck. Don't yeah. waste your time. Man, it is so lame. So weak. And, qu and quite frankly, unless you really know the whole story of the McCarthy era, you, you, it, it's meaningless. It has absolutely no meaning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it gives everything like a, a quick lick and a schmear and that's yeah, it. Yeah, there's a wasted opportunity. That is correct. And leave it to George Clooney, man, who could drive mm. you loony. That Syriana thing. I'll, I'll get back to you, Syriana. That's what I should have said about halfway in the movie. I'll get back to you, Syriana, instead of wasting my time watching the whole thing. What a piece of turd, man. And then, of course, in the end, Matt Dillon comes back home to the wife and family, and everything is just fine. You didn't see that, did you? No. Oh, thank God. Don't watch it. I'm begging you. I won't. Unless they pay you by the frame. Do not watch that piece of garbage. A plurality of voters in each of 32 states agrees that the political system in the U.S. is badly broken. Percentages range from a high of 63% in Vermont to 47% in Nebraska, but it all, all of them point in the same direction. The Rasmussen Report surveys were conducted as part of a series of election 2006 polls on Senate and governor races across the country. An earlier national survey found that just 48% of American adults believe that elections are generally fair to voters. <laughs> oh, that number has been fairly consistent since we began pulling on the topic in the mid-90s. The only change has been the partisan details. In the 90s, with the Democrat in the White House, Democrats were more likely than Republicans to believe the elections are fair. Now, with a Republican in the White House, the partisan perspectives have reversed. That couldn't be because we had two fixed presidential elections back-to-back, side-by-each, could it? The earlier survey also found, oh, look at that, only 50% of hospitals in New Orleans have reopened and 29% of schools. Hell of a job, Bushy. Between him and Brownie, man, what a job, huh? 29% of schools have reopened mm -hmm. in New Orleans in a year. Oh, boy. And 50% of hospitals. The earlier, but of course, uh, the multimillionaires, they're doing just fine, and the big businesses are doing just fine, all the fancy restaurants. The earlier survey also found that by a margin of 68 to 29 percent, American adults believe that election ballots should be printed in English only rather than English and Spanish. I bet you Pat Buchanan voted on that poll several times. A look at the state by state results shows, not surprisingly, great divides along geographic uh, lines. I bet you Lou Dobbs voted on there several times, too. In 22 of the 32 states, at least 60% of the voters favored English-only ballots. Topping this list were Tennessee, 77%, Montana, 72%, West Virginia, 71%, Alabama and Georgia, 70%. See a common thread there? Mm-hmm. Rednecks. Vermont at 49% had the lowest support for English-only ballots. 47% of voters in Howard Dean's home state disagree and want bilingual ballots. And then there are a whole bunch of them in Massachusetts want bisexual ballots. Texas, New York, Massachusetts, and Maryland were the only other states where more than 40% of voters favor bilingual ballots. And how about a Mexican flag on top of the post office? Individuals should be re required to present photo ID for voting when they go to the polls. That, that was also asked. Support for this approach ranged from 60% in Vermont to 92% in guess what state? Florida, you're right. Maine was the only other state to register below the 73% level of support for requiring photo IDs. Oh, why, you know, why do that and try to get it right, you know? Right. Now you're getting carried away. Voters in New York are more likely than any other state to express a concern about voter suppression. 34% of New York voters hold this view. 
Washington and Arizona are tops when it comes to concerns about ineligible people casting ballots. In Washington, that may be the result of controversies in the election for governor. In Arizona, it's more likely tied to concerns about illegal immigrants. Call up Lou Dobbs, see if he's going to get his ass on this in time for tonight's show. Come on, Lou. You can do it, man. Let's get them illegal aliens. Let's get them. Come on, Lou. That's it. Hola. Who's the more obsessed, do you think, him or Pat Buchanan? Wouldn't that be, that'd be a good ticket? I don't know. They could mud-wrestle for the title. They could musgrove it? <laughs> One forty, twenty till 2. Now, don't forget, during this break, in last these last few minutes, because I know once we get sports intensive, not that the Mad Dog and the Humper aren't going to keep you in touch with what's going on with our vast news <laughs> expertise and department of QAM, but, you know. Just like I did 11 o'clock. Wasn't that good the way I kind of like, uh, I kind mm -hmm. of uh, upstaged it. Great. Even though I'm a million miles away. Thank it, God. The it, sun is shining blue. No rain here, baby. No I'll rain here. And, of course, with Ernesto on the way and just about there already, keep in mind that dry concepts are the people who can do a fantastic job for you. In fact, when you have dry concepts come into your home and clean your carpets, it really is true that you can clean today and entertain tonight because they're dry in a few hours and you're ready to rock and roll again in no time at all. Your carpets stay cleaner longer with no sticky residue behind it. With over 50,000 satisfied customers, you know they are the best. And, like I said with Ernesto, just about there, keep in mind that Rock Concepts are the experts in water damage restoration. Certified technicians get you out of the mold zone in just minutes, not days. And Rock Concepts can get your home or business dry within 24 to 72 hours, guaranteed. So we hope that you all stay dry, but there are going to be some of you who have some real service these next two or three days. So keep these folks in mind. And to top it all off, Rock Concepts has got state-of-the-art oriental rug cleaning, the only plant in South Florida on-site dedicated to keeping your expensive and expensive area rugs looking just like brand new. So do yourself a great favor and call Dry Concepts like I've been doing for over 21 years in Dade Broward in the Palm Beaches. It's a toll-free call. 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. We're on the Wicked Web, dryconcepts.com. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. I can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't. I can't. Please read that old. Assume that name. Yeah. Well, the leads are signed randomly. Yeah. What about the movies? Huh? The new leads. Nobody can close. They're old. The leads are garbage. Nobody can close. The leads are weak. All I need is a lead. Closing isn't always easy, especially if you're only given the old leads. What if, with one phone call, you can get fresh new leads and actually close enough to get yourself on the Cadillac board? Get the chalk. Hey, get the chalk. Put me on the Cadillac board. It's not too good to be true. It's the Glengarry Leads, the leading provider of good leads on pink cards with gold ribbon wrapped around them, not the ones on the blue cards you're used to trying to close on. You hear me, you faggots? No matter what kind of property you're trying to close on, Glengarry has the leads you need. These are the new leads, and you don't get them. Unless you call now, 1-800-GLENGARY Leads. There for closers. That's 1-800. Get to work. That's 1-800. Have you made your decision for Christ? Call Glengarry Leeds now, and you'll receive $6,000 and one Cadillac. That's 1-800. Close. <laughs> oh, 14-02, and guess what? The new advisory, the intermediate uh, public advisory on uh, Ernesto? Hey, don't forget that advisory. It's not here yet. Okay. Well, I'm, re I'm refreshing, and I am mild. What were your favorite cigarette ads? That, that'd be a good poll someday. What, what was, well, back in the day when you were smoking cigarettes, what, what cigarette did you smoke most? Fred Flintstone for uh, Pall Mall. Newports. Outstanding. That, was that Chesterfield? No, it was Pall Mall. Outstanding, and they are mild. I mean, we know what the Chesterfield spots were like. Chesterfield! <laughs> That's exactly what I had in mind. 
beat me to it by about a half a second. Oh, the 11 a.m. advisory is still up there. I keep I keep clicking the refresh button and nothing's happening. Isn't that depressing, don't you hate when that happens? All the time. Well, I want to be right on top of it, man, because I don't want to be given no misinformation. I want everybody to make sure they got a lot of gas, they got a lot of uh, bottled water, a lot of visqueen and duct tape, plywood, two-by-fours, right? Show. Stuff like that. Brazilian paleontologist, boy, I mean, you talk about butchering names. Wait, wait till you hear this. Did you see this story about the new type of dinosaur they discovered? No, there's a new one. That dates back 80 million years. It's even older oh, than that, that brought in Quito, Ecuador. More that satanic uh, made fossil. Yeah, 80 million years. And this, again, for all the Getskis out there, the religionists with their, well, the earth, uh, God created the earth five or 6,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah. See, that's only when the, uh, the Israelis and the, the Jews and the Arabs start killing each other. But man, goes, the whole thing goes back uh, billions of years when God created it, of course. That's... Oh, God! Brazilian paleontologists have discovered a new giant dinosaur species based on fossilized fragments of the herbivorous reptile that lived 80 million years ago, long before there was any Abraham or Solomon or even Abraham Solomon. The Maxacalosaurus oh, topi, oh, that wasn't too bad, Maxacalosaurus topi of the Titanosauria group. Boy, I did that very well. They have 87 letters in that. was 13 yards long and weighed about 9 tons. Wow. Can't you hear Tennessee Ernie right now singing, you load 16 tons, huh? We'll have to change right 16 up. tons to 9 tons. Tennessee Ernie on Capitol Records, man. It was number one for about 400 weeks in a row with, on your hit parade with Russell Arms and uh, Giselle McKenzie and Snooky Lanson and uh, Dorothy Collins. Your hit parade. Who was the host on your hit parade? Now that I don't know. I only got it by Johnny Cash. Damn it. 16 tons? Yeah. Get out of here. Somewhere. You got Ernie Ford in there. Tennessee don't. Ernie, baby. You got it. Don't. Some people say a man is made out of mud. No wonder he's dead. Anyway, it had a large body. Not Johnny K. Well, he did, too. It had a large body and a long tail and a neck with a relatively small head. Oh, that sounds like the beast. Large body, small head. Some of the bones found had the marks of teeth on them, which led scientists to believe that the specimen was devoured by carnivorous, uh, carnivorous dinosaurs after its death. They were macking on each other. The fossils date back to the late... Uh, Cretaceous period? Careful. Yes, Cretaceous. They were found during excavations between 1998 and 2002 next to a highway in a place called Serra de Boa Vista in central southern Minas Gerais State. Where is this? Oh, this is in Rio in Brazil. Well, I don't know. They speak Portuguese anyway, right? See. It then took some time for the scientists to categorize the species and reconstruct the skeleton. It says, uh, it, gives, it tells about the names of Indians. It says it's a custom in Brazil to give Indian names to paleontological finds. They lived 70 million years ago, and oh, I see the ones that they had before, and the fossils only were found in Argentina. Now they got new ones that were 80 million years old, almost old enough to live in Sunrise Lakes and in Surfside. I keep clicking this thing, and it isn't refreshing, so you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Well, no, I want to do Take the break, break now, because yeah. I want to make, I don't want to box myself into a corner. And by the way, oh, here it is. Oh, man, that was the luckiest thing. That was almost like a sexual experience. The outer rain bands of Ernesto are spreading over the Florida Keys and southeast Florida coast. Some strengthening uh, still expected. I think what I need to do is I need to print this out because I don't, I don't want to have to read it off the monitor. You following me? I'm following you. And so what I'm going to I'm gonna, uh, go do the break, and then I'm going to give you do the it. advisory. Give you the advice, the latest and the not so greatest. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. Anybody have a heart or a liver? Food for your family, $300. Rebuilding your home, $5,000. 
blowing all your relief money on divorces, sex change operations, and season tickets to the Saints. Priceless. There are some things in life that are necessities. For everything else, there's the FEMA card. FEMA, the official card of irresponsibility. Heck of a job, boys. Okay, 156 Mad Dog is coming up next. Boy, this is like the old days. Remember the old days? No. When was when that? the station had numbers all day? Oh, anyway. those old days. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Here's the intermediate advisory, the 2 o'clock advisory on Tropical Storm Ernesto. A tropical storm warning and hurricane watch remain in effect from New Smyrna Beach southward on the Florida east coast, including Lake Okeechobee, from Bonita Beach southward on the west coast, and for all the Florida Keys, from Ocean Reef to the Dry Tortugas. A tropical storm warning remains in effect along the U.S. east coast, north of New Smyrna Beach, northward to, uh, what is that, Altahama Sound, Georgia. Well, we don't care about Georgia anyway. Let them lose their souls, right? Altahama. Right. A tropical storm warning and or hurricane watch will likely be required for the remainder of the Georgia coast and for the South Carolina coast later today. Nothing could be finer than to blow away South Carolina. A tropical storm warning remains in effect for the Florida west coast from north of Bonita Beach northward to Anglewood, and a tropical storm watch remains in effect from north of Anglewood to Tarpon Springs. A tropical storm warning and a hurricane watch remain in effect for Andros Island, the Berry Islands, the Bimini's and Grand Bahama Islands, and the northwestern Bahamas. At 2 p.m., the center of tropical storm Ernesto was located near latitude 23.9 north. Are you uh, charting, mapping? I'm looking at it. Tracking it? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm too. looking at it, too, in the chart. Yeah, there it is. And, uh, you know, and I still feel the same way, uh, but nevertheless, just quit interjecting your own opinions. You're no meteorologist, okay? You know, uh, right. Brian no weather Ross. bunny. You know, weather fairy. At 2 p.m., the center of tropical storm Ernesto was located near latitude 23.9 north, longitude 79.7 west, or about 135 miles east-southeast of Key West, and only about 135 miles south-southeast of Miami. Oh, my God. Ernesto is moving toward the northwest near 13 miles an hour, and this general motion is expected to continue today and tonight. On this track, the center will be nearing the Florida Keys and extreme southern Florida tonight. However, rains and squalls with tropical storm force winds are arriving well in advance of the center. Can I read that last? It says, on this track, the center will be nearing the Florida Keys and extreme southern Florida tonight. Now, you see where the center is? Mm-hmm. The center is like um, way away from where the, all the rest of the action is now. If I'm looking at the right thing, am I right? Yeah, if that indeed is the center, you know. If that's the I-I-I-I-I, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's kind of hard. Of course, to it's not a hurricane. It's only a tropical storm. Although I would be very nervous if I were there, which I'm not. Minimum maximum sustained winds are near 45 miles an hour with higher gusts. Some strengthening is expected before the center reaches Florida. Although the outer bands are already like uh, whipping and uh, lashing, and the Keys especially, and also in Dayton, soon in Broward. Tropical storm force winds extend outward up to 85 miles from the center. The Air Force Hurricane Hunter plane reported a minimum central pressure of 1,008 millibars. That's 29.77 inches. Coastal storm surge flooding of one to three feet above normal tide levels can be expected in areas of onshore flow within the warning area. Rainfall totals of five to ten inches are possible near the track of Ernesto over southern Florida, including the Keys through Wednesday through tomorrow, with isolated amounts of up to 15 inches possible. Rainfall amounts of two to four inches with isolated amounts of up to six inches expected over eastern and central Cuba. Rainfall amounts of one to two inches with isolated amounts of four inches possible over the Bahamas. Isolated tornadoes possible over South Florida, including the Keys, this evening and tonight. Got it? Got it. Now, you got it. where are you going to get your gas? I don't next, know. Next advisory, 5 o'clock this afternoon, by the way. I'll just where are you going to get your gas? I'll just eat some beans. Oh. No, I think Josh ought to take you out right now and drive around with you because he yeah. gets the diesel. He even if he runs out, he can keep, like, uh, reloading up, you know. 
All right, I'll, I got some cans. Take you out. He'll follow you, and you'll keep going around and you know, and waste about 10, 12 gallons uh, finding the gas station that's open. Mad Dog, Jim Mandich next, the uh, crossover, the cross-dress hour, 4 to 5, and the Humper, 5 this afternoon. Bye, bye, bye!